it was really great getting back to uh, kind of an individual topic for the episode. I really enjoy doing the random shows. They're a lot of fun to do, but a big part of what we're doing is trying to share information and really kind of dive deep on individual topics. And that's a lot easier when we, well, when we have an individual topic. So I look forward to doing a few more of those. We also have some interviews coming up with a couple different people from different parts of the industry. So we're still working on scheduling them and putting them all together, but they should be coming down the pipe. So uh, hopefully they come sooner than later and you guys enjoy them. Like normal, I'd love to get as many likes and shares and all that kind of stuff. It really does help the podcast. I think the the best help that can be done, though, is when you guys actually click on that share button and share it with friends or coworkers, maybe don't even click on the share button. Maybe when you're working, just bring it up and tell them, tell someone that might like the podcast about it. Just like in tree work, that word of mouth is the best way to, to get clients, the best way to get the word out. And that's what it's about. We're trying to get the word out. The more people that listen, the more people we can get into our community and we can share information and learn from and yeah the more the merrier so without any further ado we're going to take care of some business and then get right to it this podcast is for informational purposes only it is not nor is it intended to be a substitute for professional arboriculture advice and should never be relied upon to perform or direct arboricultural work the tree thinking podcast makes no representations as to the accuracy completeness or suitability of any information on this podcast will not be liable for any damages arising from the use of any information in the practice of arboriculture or tree work the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guests and their appearance on the podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent the podcast and its hosts are not to be held responsible for misuse cited and or unsighted copies of the content within this podcast by others the tree thinking podcast may not be reproduced or distributed without the express written consent of the tree thinking podcast how does safety work on your crew we work surrounded by hazards if you're working the ground you might be the one who has to run into the drop zone grab an awkward chunk of tree and get out before the next chunk comes down if your chippers parked on the street you're working in traffic If you're feeding the chipper, you're feeding a machine that's designed to chew you up and spit you out. Then, there's the guy hanging from a rope with a chainsaw. The forces around us can be mind-boggling. And in the middle of all that, we're just trying to make a paycheck. On this episode of the Tree Thinking Podcast, we make sure to get it done, make it home, and have some fun on How Safety Works in the Field. <laughs> it's uh it's good to be back in the studio even if it's kind of hot we we just got back for well not just but the last episode we recorded was at the coast and so uh that was a blast um this week we'll be talking a little bit about safety but before i get into that too much i'm andrew i'm rob jamie becca it's Corey. right on well i'm kind of surprised we didn't do safety earlier you know it's such an important thing uh, to what we do every day is making it home safe. Uh, but there's just so much fun things to talk about. So I also am kind of not surprised. Yeah. It's kind of gone this long. We touch on it a lot. We do. Yeah, yeah. it's true. It's, it's incorporated. True. Yeah. It's, it's In, interweaved into all of our stories. Every, like every episode. We as yeah. well as unsafe things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which ties into safety too. It's all, all connected. 
Yeah. A couple of things that I was thinking about when getting ready for this episode was kind of who's looking out for us. You know, there's a couple different ways you can look at safety. Uh, there's all, you know, which also kind of leads to the difference between following the rules and being safe. You know, there's a clear distinction that's real important there as well. Um, and then really to build a safe culture and build safety into your company or into what you do, I I think of it as a lot of different building blocks that get you there. So we can kind of get into all that. Um, but before that, anybody got a story from the field? I didn't really think of one. <laughs> so yeah. I won't go first. All right. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if it's a story from the field, but it was pretty awesome. Today's Hawaiian shirt Friday. Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> that is definitely so, straight from the field. Yeah, if you're watching, you might uh, you might see right now we got Hawaiian shirts on because we're we're well, I can't say we're starting a new thing because that's Barry. <laughs> me and Rob did it a long time ago. <laughs> we used to do Hawaiian shirt Friday. Uh, was it Grits or Yaniv? One of those I think guys. It's Yaniv, yeah, yeah, Yaniv probably came up with it. I actually called him uh, yesterday and was like, "Dude, I just bought a Hawaiian shirt, man. I'm thinking of you. We're bringing back Hawaiian shirt Friday." So <laughs> nice. Yep. Shout out to Yaniv. Uh, we'll we'll definitely have him on in a future episode. He's uh he's an awesome dude. Um, and so today. We brought Hawaiian shirts and people loved it. We next Friday, guaranteed, there's going to be a handful more Hawaiian shirts nice, nice. around Public Works at Eugene. It's going to be spreading. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I almost bought a mesh tank top for it. Yeah. I might have to go tomorrow and see if they still have it. <laughs> you're you're going to have to. Yeah, mesh tank to top Friday. Glory. Well, no, it's Hawaiian shirt Friday, but maybe oh, we'll go with mesh tank top Thursday. Sounds yeah. good. <laughs> you, can, you can wear the mesh tank top under the Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, I, mean, I guess why limit yourself? Yeah. You know. <laughs> so th this is about safety. And one thing maybe the Hawaiian shirts do is you guys usually wear those like kind of thick, high vis shirts, yeah. maybe long sleeve. Polyester. It's going to keep you cool, comfortable oh. out yeah. these like hot summer months. Yeah. <laughs> I felt so good climbing in a Hawaiian shirt yeah. today. It adds a smile to your Friday. I, I can mean. honestly say I've never climbed a tree in a Hawaiian shirt, but. It's next level. I'm going to have to. Was, yeah. I had never climbed a shirt in a Hawaiian shirt before today either. So, Yeah. yeah. And, you, and you guys had because. Yeah, I have before, but I had forgotten the amazing that is climbing a tree in a Hawaiian shirt. So <laughs> highly recommended. A matter of fact, uh, do it. Go to Goodwill secondhand store. Go out there, get a Hawaiian shirt. And take a picture of yourself in a tree, working with a Hawaiian shirt, and uh, tag tr the tree thinking social media in your picture. I want to see people out there in the on the tree thinking field crew in Hawaiian shirts. I would love to. Uh, that would just make my day to see other people <laughs> wearing so Hawaiian great. shirts doing their thing. That would be so great. It has to be a Friday though. Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, Friday. it's Hawaiian shirt Friday. <laughs> Hawaiian shirt Friday. It's an international movement starting right here, right now. Wow. Well, it's, already, it's an already a thing. As a matter of fact, yeah. oh, we're, we're just co-opting it. That's all. Yeah, we're co-opting it. You can you can uh, get online and you can get type two high vis Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> it, oh, <wow>. Yeah. So. <laughs> just really? Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Wow. I remember looking at high vis flannels when I was working at the city online, like searching for those. Oh man. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know that might. Come, when come winter when months winter hit, hits, yeah, we might have to do something different. Yeah, yeah, we might mm -hmm. uh, Friday flannels. Yeah, Ooh. there we go. Maybe that's my next business venture. 
Yeah. High-vis clothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Utility that's fashionable. Yeah. Yeah. Bringing safety into the day-to-day. Yeah. Yep. All right. Anybody? So I, <laughs> I guess I have one. Okay. <laughs> I was like sitting here thinking. I, uh, I silky-checked myself two times on Wednesday. Oh. Which was just poor form. But it was quite a hot day, and it was like a little bit longer than... We have been working because of the heat, and I was just like, <laughs> I wanted to just be done so I could go take an ice cold bath <laughs> and eat a popsicle. Um, so yeah, I got myself in the thumb. It's not it's not that bad, but uh, it reminded me of like one time it was pretty bad. I got right on the knuckle on my middle yeah. finger, like right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which which finger is it? Is this oh, one? that one. Okay. Yeah. Take a take a good look. Show Corey again. <laughs> <laughs> Corey's seen it a lot. <laughs> Throughout the night, we might have to have you remind Corey of that. Yeah, Corey, safety first. <laughs> safety first. Safety first. Don't knuckle It's check. her middle finger for yeah. you listening. <laughs> right, right. It's her pinky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, but it, it uh, and it was kind of like pretty gnarly. It didn't, you know how, I don't know. I, I feel like everyone has a silky thing oh, go, yeah. go down at least once and they're just like, wow, I it doesn't hurt, but, like, that's an awful lot of blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. So I uh, I bailed. It was, I was printing an apple tree when I got the one on my middle finger. And I just, like, bailed out, went to the truck immediately, and I was, like, asked my boss. I'm like, do you have any super glue? <laughs> <laughs> and he looks at my hand. It's just, like, blood gushing, like oh, a Quentin man. Tarantino movie. And he's oh. just like, mm-mm. He's like, all right. That's that's a problem. Like we're gonna fix that right now. So, uh, anyways, we ended up. Uh, that's okay. It's really boring. <laughs> um. Oh, that's okay. I could hear Rob too, but I was talking. Damn it! I'm, I'm still listening. I'm still <laughs> listening. Kidding. I promise. It's fine. Um. Anyways, I asked for some super glue, and instead he was all, like, being medical and, like, giving me Band-Aids and shit and, like, trying to, like, you know, like... Super glue is medical? Yeah. And I I just, like, was wanting to work through it and finish. And the reason that this happened, too, was because I was... I felt, like, a time pressure suddenly. So I was, like, working really fast, and it was just typical, like, you know, hand with the saw, crossing over the hand, holding the branch, and just, like... Nicked it pretty bad. There's a cool scar there now. It looks like a lightning bolt. <laughs> that one? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I see it. Um, it's on my middle finger, Rob. I don't know if you're here. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it out. <laughs> he's, he's putting it together. Anyways, um, I was wanting to work through it, but then, you know, as as I was getting bandaged and, like, he was making it seem like, <laughs> it's like it's a weird place for stitches, but if you need stitches, you should go get stitches, yada, yada, yada. And that's when I started, like, kind of feeling a little lightheaded because I, I guess I'd, like, lost enough blood that it was, like, a problem. Yeah, those saws are sharp. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just, yeah, just a, just the tip. But um, anyways, my point in telling the story, and then so he, like, gave me some CBD soda and told me to go home, <laughs> which I was pissed about because I'm like, it doesn't even hurt. Like, I'm fine. And then I was like, oh, actually, <laughs> I'm pretty dizzy. Oh, no. <laughs> and, like, I should probably just, like, elevate or whatever you're supposed to do. Yeah. But the reason that I'm telling this story and that it's safety-related is because y- it's such a small cut 
it's so easy to make that mistake and it bleeds so much. Yeah. Yeah. Like every and, time. And a small cut like that, if you get it on the right spot, you can hit a tendon and that's exactly oh, on the over. joints, on the finger joints. Yeah. If you get that silky bite or a hawthorn thorn or that something too. right on that joint, oh that that'll cause I know we talked about climbing arbor's incident database on a recent episode. Oh yeah. yeah. Our first one at the coast. And he has uh Dan has a story that he posted on there of a silky bite and he actually I believe he had to get surgery because mm. oh, yeah, wow. he had a tendon. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's and and I was worried about that with this too cuz I couldn't I couldn't bend this finger for quite some time mm-hmm. and I still like it's like I, there might have been a, a small amount of nerve damage, I don't know. But um Yeah, but it's just a really common thing and it can kind of Thankfully, I didn't need stitches or surgery. Yeah, but it was it was narnar, and I, you know, thought I'm like, oh, that's the kind of mistake you only make one time, and I did it twice in one day on Wednesday. Oh, whoa, jeez, oh, not not that bad, not as bad as this, but not not (laughs) as bad as that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's almost guaranteed when you get a new saw (laughs) that you're gonna get yourself, you know, not necessarily to the point where you need stitches or till you're bleeding that much. Right. But you're going to get a little tap and be like, oh, oh, yeah, god yeah. damn it. A, a new silky blade demands a blood sacrifice. Exactly. <laughs> it, to me, it always happened with, like, the follow-through after the yeah. cuff. So yeah. I, like, tap mm-hmm. my knee or something. Yeah. Oh, the knee, yeah. right on the kneecap. I've yeah. done that one. Yeah, that one yeah. hurts. That's what it's so on Wednesday. I got myself on the thumb there, and then I did that exactly, like, right here on the arm. It was yeah. just like a – wasn't yep. expecting it to go, and it went, and it was just – Yep, a uh, little tap. Yeah. Just a little tap. Yeah, just a small bite. Yeah. Yeah, one thing that we've been, um, me and my wife have been doing at our, our company is we wear the cut-resistant gloves. So oh. I actually heard about it from a, oh, wow. a guy, uh, Strider Tree Care. Um, I think he's based out of Nevada, like central Nevada, maybe. Anyway, he, he says he's been using these Milwaukee cut-resistant gloves, and they work great. I mean, they're, I've, uh, I haven't, like, actually tested, you know, tested, tested them, but I've, like, you know, worn out gloves and stuff after I've worn them for a little while, I'll like try to cut through them with a silky and it, it holds up pretty well. Wow. A lot better than the little Atlas ones that are just like, just melt the second you touch them with a, a silky. Yeah. Those are not yeah. cut resistant. No, not even, <laughs> not even remotely. They're barely like moving resistant. Barely. barely. Well, they fit really nicely. They, they do. Yeah. yeah. Definitely better than nothing if you hit yourself with a saw, but yeah. uh, you're still getting, you're still giving that blood sacrifice. You're still giving that blood mm-hmm. sacrifice. But these, yeah, these Milwaukee, they have a couple different levels. I've, I've used the class two and the class one. Class one are a lot lighter. They don't last as long as a class two, but uh, we're enjoying them so far. They're a lot more expensive, obviously, than the Atlas. They're uh, like five bucks a pair. You so get what you pay yeah. for. You get what you pay for. Yeah. But. So far, I'm pleased with them. That's nice. They should make a full body suit of yeah. out of that material for people <laughs> like me. <laughs> In Hawaiian print for Friday. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Do they make cut-resistant Hawaiian shirts? They're about to. Yeah. Like. yeah, that's a, that's a niche market that yeah. we need to. We need into. to. Yeah, we'll look into that. Wow. <laughs> There's your money-making idea, Jamie. Make some cut-resistant Hawaiian T-shirts. <laughs> yeah, chainsaw safe Hawaiian mm-hmm. shirts. Oh, man. You know, one, Hawaiian one chaps. A good safety. Sit protection makes Hawaiian chaps. Oh, Seriously? really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, check them out. Huh. <laughs> Are you fucking with me? No, no. Yeah, they look like <laughs> surf shorts. You know, what? that pattern. I think a good safety topic would be um, uh, the new electric saws and how they don't make noise. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. You know, because yeah. that's like been an indicator for 
ever mm-hmm. of like if you hear the saw running don't come under the tree yeah yeah you know and now electric saws you don't hear it oh wow i thought yeah. you were talking about like your hearing and being safe with like ear pro oh, you, oh. Well, that too but but no that, no that's just like point, the though. indicator yeah. that a branch is going to be coming down you know now that we're using electric saws you got to kind of add that to your training mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah, the nice thing about the Senna is, is I can o- pretty much always hear, like, when Andrew or, mm-hmm. you know, somebody else is using the electric saw up on the tree because, you know, we have the Senna's right there. But um, I'm, I'd be curious to know what, because I've never really been on the ground without, like, headphone communication mm-hmm. to hear a, a saw running up in the electric saw. Yeah, and, and to think about it, I, I haven't either. Yeah. Um, but I'll have to ask Amanda about that because, I mean, that what we do pretty much every weekend so yeah we were we were climbing some big trees uh ritz was doing like he climbed like a 180 foot fur nice and then i did a couple 150 footers and we were talking all day long literally i mean every single cut it was just amazing and it it ceases to amaze me how much the sentence make a difference and you're not yelling and screaming and just the tone of the job and the yeah. whole nine yards. Oh, yeah. from a safety perspective, the sentence are so key. It's not even comparable. It makes a big difference for sure. Yeah. There we are. There you go. It's a uh, game changer for uh, safety on many levels. Yeah. It's probably one of the single most kind of uh, easiest things that you can do to improve your safety. Easy, yeah. not easy, yeah. not cheap. Yeah. Well, I mean, hundred fifty I mean, bucks. I mean, if you, is if it relative you, to tree gear? Yeah, yeah. What uh, people I invest into safety is is a lot with safety meetings and with all that over time. It adds up. It, it is. It's not cheap. It's it's not cheap, but it's yeah. it's it's worth every yeah. penny that you're going to oh, pay on it. Yeah. yeah. The one thing I have a, like as a maybe a negative uh, comment about the Senas is that they don't seem like they're fantastic i love mine very very happy with my purchase thank you senna but um it doesn't seem like they are like tree work friendly you know Mm -hmm. like a lot of people lose their batteries a lot of people like Mm -hmm. how how many times have i bumped my helmet today Oh god! Yeah, and you bump it like why is it on the back? Why isn't there a lockout switch where everybody can connect and then flick a switch that like manually disconnects whatever you know will cause it to bump? Yeah, Yeah. it was made for motorcycle helmets. Right. Right. If you're smashing your head on your motorcycle, yeah, Yeah. it's 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 bad. That's bad. bad Like oh, I can't hear my Motley Crue anymore. (laughs) 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 Because I fucking crashed. (laughs) <laughs> that one got Corey. <laughs> That's what I imagine people. Oh, that brought Corey back. back. <laughs> He's like, oh, I remember my motorcycle. Kickstart my heart. <laughs> and speaking of sentence, are, are we about to transition to something else? Or? Well, I was going to say, uh, I well, one, I was just thinking about giving Dan a call, see if Dan wanted to come. I was th- hearing, talking about sentence. That was like the first thing he brought to our... You know, the first episode we did with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I can't figure out how to connect my phone, that's going to be an issue. I'll start telling my story and then you can Yeah, you go tell your story. I'll tell my story. I'm going to tell my story now, right? Okay. Hey, hey, Corey, do you yeah. got a story from the field? Uh, um, I might have one. All well, right. it's, it's, it's more of an equipment thing. Tell, tell so what you got? So uh, I just I tried to be different and like using Senna's at the city. I Again, I've now that I've tried something else, I do love my Senna's and they're that's probably the it's the best one that I've ever used. But I tried using those tuck to- uh, uh, pack talk bold 
and those are garbage. Those are absolutely garbage. Like, yeah, they're. I, I got them because they advertise that they can host up to sixteen people on the same mic. Um, there's supposed to be some like sound cancellation stuff. They're fucking garbage. They're so bad. I know. They're so bad. Like they, it, it, it will pick up about a third of what you say versus the sentence. I've never had an issue with it picking up any 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 time you're talking. It's like the connection issues are yeah. They're yeah, so bad. Good luck finding 16 other people who are using them. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, they are. Yeah, I worked uh, with one of my buddies up in Portland, and his whole crew ran those. Yeah, they, he liked them. Wow. I think, like, the range is better. Mm. Yeah. You're having problems? I, I don't know. Uh, but maybe I got a lemon. I don't know. I, but I, he figured out how to pair it with my Senna, mm-hmm. kind of, like, trick it into thinking your Senna's a phone or something like that. Mm. But the range was awful then. Like I was up a fir tree and the crew right below me on the ground couldn't hear me. It was all static. Mm. Uh, really? Oh, yeah. it's like the <laughs> like the moon landing. <laughs> yeah. Audio. <laughs> 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 like in a tree. One small step. <laughs> <laughs> That's one small branch. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. but that's that's all if anybody is on the fence about what, what system they can they want to go with i i can honestly say do not even attempt the pack talk bold i i've had nothing but bad things with it and yeah. it's like i've tried running updates on it i've tried everything and i'm i'm pulling my hair out with it i wish i would have just gone with the senna but now senna came out with a better one also mm-hmm. like a year ago or something i think but it's been a couple of years now i think it's been yeah it was it was like i was like oh my goodness the senna's are on sale i'm grabbing one now and i bought it and it's like yeah, they're on sale because we're about to upgrade to a much better. Have any of you guys used the newer version or? No, not personally. Yeah, yeah, a couple people have it on on Sperry's crew. And How's it work? Um, I, I, Keegan has a couple of them. He's brought it out a couple times. The I think the main difference that I'm aware of is that you can uh, pair with more people. Okay. So yeah, yeah. you can you can bring more people into the pairing. That's a big um, deal. Yeah. And, and so the just to be clear, that newer one is the 4K, right? And then the I'm, older ones I'm are... I'm not real familiar with it, to be honest with okay. you. Okay. I, th- I think the newer one is called the 4K, and then the older ones are the S10s. I think Dan has one. I uh, think when we were doing the, doing the job out at the coast, I think I saw a newer one on Dan's hard hat. Well, we're going to have to ask Dan about it then. All right. Well, maybe we should just bring Dan in and get his take on safety. How's that for a segue, guys? Well done. <laughs> it's like Corey's a pro here. Uh Hello, hi. Hey, Dan, how's it going? It's going great, except for uh, I was just watching guys on Instagram, and then you froze up, and then I messed with it, and then you're gone altogether, and I can't get you back on. Yeah, we're having troubles, and I can't focus on that and do a podcast at the same time, (laughs) so we aborted mission. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so it's not it's not it's something not, I did. You guys say, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know, we're trying to figure out this whole. Uh, one of the main things, feed uh, bits of feedback we get is people want to see video of it. So we're trying these different things to get videos, and so uh-huh. far, especially the live video, it's you know you on the on the board's case, it's like, oh yeah, it goes live real easy. Do this, do that. It turns out there's a lot of little steps they're not mentioning on that advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. 
But uh, nevertheless, we're still recording, and we were talking safety. We were, and we were getting into Senna, which is uh, something I know you talked about a while ago when you came on. And then when we were uh-huh. working with you this last weekend or a couple weekends ago, uh, did I notice that you had one of the newer Senna devices on your helmet? Uh, it's new, uh, to me, they, they change so fast that I don't know if it's the newest one or not, but, uh, it was newer than yours. It looks a little fancier than yours, but, but, um, yours has, uh, the two different ways to hook up to people. You have the, uh, was it the, the web or the mesh mesh? That's what it is, the mesh. No, yeah, the the older Senna's don't have that, so you must have the newer one. Yeah, yeah, we just have we just have the big button on the back that you you constantly uh, <laughs> hit and pray that you're going to connect to somebody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe this time. Yeah, disconnect or connect to someone. Yeah. Yeah, you you have to be um, okay with failure to work with Senna's, especially those old ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We uh, we've been using on this one now. I put mine on. I've actually been listening to the podcast on it. Nice. I discovered that was so great because uh, you know if I'm in a certain situation where there's not a lot of communication and stuff, you know, I'm just trimming away. I put your podcast on, and so talking about trees while I'm in a tree, it's great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, that is one of the. One, I was just gonna no, say go that's one of my favorite uh, features on the Senna is how you can connect in, and I love it when you connect with another person. You can both listen to the same music or podcast with the new one. Can you listen? Can you do that with more than two people? I don't know. I don't know. The way mine works is I'm listening until someone wants to talk to me and they turn their center on and they connect to me. And then what I'm listening to goes away. And all of a sudden I've got to communicate with people, you know, no, but that's good though, because, you know, I don't have to worry about me not hearing something, you know, if they, want, if they need to tell me something, boom, they just, boom, they're right in my ear. It's kind of cool. Yeah. On, on uh, mine, if, if I, so if I set it up, so I'm listening to something and I then connect with one person, it cuts the, the music out. But if I hold it down just for like a, two seconds, so not as long as pairing or anything, it'll just go like, a quick and you release then, and then it should bring them in and that both of you guys can listen to the music. But on the old ones, it's, you can only do that with two people. You can't do it with more. Um, um. There's lots of ins and outs of the whole thing. It's just like my phone. I'm only using a small percentage of what I could be doing. <laughs> and I'm convinced that Senna's really are black magic. There's, there is no science behind it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what are what are your thoughts on safety, Dan? What you what uh, what comes to your mind when you think about safety in the field? Well, uh, lots of stuff I've said before, but. Uh, we had a little mishap today, so we might as well talk about that. Um, we have a bucket, and it's, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the squirt type of bucket. It squirts out. Uh-huh. They call it a squirt. No, it sounds real official. But it's, uh, <laughs> 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 it's something wrong with that. Uh, it, it'll kind of shrink or expand. <laughs> like, it, it, is it like too, um, like the, the boom arm is like inside a sleeve and it'll expand from there. Is that 
or is it the one? Yeah, it just shoots straight out. But, you know, you can lift it up and down, mm-hmm. and then one section would just shoot straight out. Gotcha. Okay. It so, doesn't go really far. So it's more like the genie lifts then. Mm. It's like our little bucket. Yeah, uh, just genie lifts. Yeah. Work straight out, yeah. And so, oh, it's super handy. The bucket, it doesn't go over center. So the bucket is allowed to rotate. So you can, it has a, you know, you can rotate the bucket around the end of it, which is nice for uh, pruning. You don't have it, you're not pruning over the controls anytime. And uh, and it has a small knuckle at the base. So it goes up like five, six feet or something like that at the knuckle. And then the rest is a square out. So it it only goes to about forty feet. It's small, but super handy because you don't have a huge muscle behind you, um, you know, hitting branches and stuff, and you just shoot straight up. Anyway, um, one of my employees was using it, and she's not that familiar with the ins and outs of it. And I left the truck, and I didn't. I thought she knew that it is possible to hit the cab with the boom. You know, it, you can go low enough that you can crush the top of the cab. You know, a lot of, a lot of uh, safety devices don't allow you to do certain things, right? You know, then you would think that this wouldn't allow you to crush its own self, but you can. And so she did. Oh, <laughs> man. So there's there's no like yeah, steel but, frame around the the top of the cab. No, there's no steel frame over the roof because it's so tight there that there's no room for a steel oh. frame. You know, when it's all buckled down, there's only like two inches. Oh wow! Between that and the roof, yeah. And there's dents on the roof. I bought it used, and there's all these big dents. The door doesn't close <laughs> quite right. Other people have done it. You that's know, a, that's a truck but of character. She, yeah, she busted out the rear window. I, I I think it put enough pressure on it to the rear window. And I come back with the chip truck, and she comes up to me with her eyes are big as saucers. <laughs> We've got a problem. And I'm like, oh no, you know, oh my god, what happened? Someone hurt, or you know, and then I busted the window, and I was like so relieved, like, oh okay, great, <laughs> bust the window, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> Oh well, we've got we've got a bucket that sounds exactly like that, and um, and it really is um, handy. We use it. We have a big bucket and the little bucket, and there's a lot of trees that uh-huh. the big bucket won't actually like. If you're right underneath the canopy, the big bucket you can't get up into it. But this one you really yeah. can. You can sneak into those little areas that that the bigger buckets can't get into. Big, you know, you can still go high with your big one, and then you can get the little. Bucket. Yeah, 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 it's really nice. Well, and, you know, it's interesting because with buckets, there's a lot of safety uh, things that aren't issues if you don't have a bucket. You know, like uh, watching that back knuckle on a big boom truck, you know, that thing can kind of get away from you if you're so focused on what you're doing. You know, you got to watch that back knuckle or like, you know, with your story, you got to understand if you're coming down. I mean, we got at the city, we got a big bucket and it's got the cage, but uh, there's some spots where the ladder where you climb up, there's some handholds that are bent because one of the guys that used to be on the crew wasn't really aware of where those were and, you know, just kind of boomed over into those handholds. 
They used to be straight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they used to be straight. Or even if you're, you know, I've been in situations where I was working down lower and lower and lower, and you could get low enough so you could hit someone. Yeah. And I've heard stories of people lowering a bucket onto a coworker and really hurting them, like breaking their neck type of stuff. Oh, yeah, it happens so fast and so easy. You clunk someone on top of the head and, you know, you got spinal problems. Yeah, yeah. Those, those hydraulics are unforgiving. Yeah, unforgiving. There is no, uh, you know, the amount of force that those things are creating. Yeah. You're not moving fast, so it doesn't feel like it, but there is a lot of torque in that movement, yeah. you know. And, and not to mention, uh, going back to the, the knuckle and just moving it around, uh, when you're working in traffic or even, you know, you're parked on the side of a street and, you know, you've got an, an active traffic zone right next to you, you, if you boom over that traffic zone, you know, you're within striking distance of a box truck, a moving truck, uh, a semi, you know, somebody who's not paying to, and I've seen videos of guys oh like yeah, getting, I yeah. I saw the same one. Yeah. yeah. The guy working on the light yeah. and all of a sudden a semi oh comes through and blows the bucket up on him. I mean, oh it is, he, he was okay. He was okay. He yeah. Was thank okay, thank yeah. God he was okay. But oh that, man. that looked gnarly, man. It was brutal. The yeah. thing about buckets that always sketched me out was uh, like the outrigger placement on a slope of some sort yeah I got, i've seen some bad incident reports of people just like tipping yeah. over and yeah, the, it, yeah. Does, it doesn't take much to tip a boom truck yeah yeah i think ours they say like six degrees mm-hmm. is the maximum mm-hmm. yeah slope. yeah no that's what uh that's what we've always if it, you know we don't let that bubble get past five degrees yeah. And you want it as close to that zero as you can without lifting wheels off the ground or doing anything crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of the common thread to all this is situational awareness. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's one of yeah. those one of those bits of safety that is so important to always be on top of. And it can be really hard because in our job we have so much going on that kind of demands our attention but situational awareness is so key because if you don't know what's going on around you, things will escalate really fast. And it, it'd be really yeah. cool to have some kind of anchoring system for the truck so you could operate on slopes. Yeah. You know, it's it's that's like the, the new logging styles for operating on extreme slopes is called tethered uh, logging where they'll take buncher fellers and, and hook them up to huge steel cables and then – and then uh, belay the the buncher feller down a really steep like cliff like hill, huh. and then they can operate on extreme angles. That's nuts. I've heard of people doing that with stump grinders. Yeah, oh. like tying it. You know, if you yeah. you got to go down a really steep hill, you just tie that stump grinder up so that it just can't get it, yeah. out. Yeah, basically, you know, yeah. you're lowering it down the hill or winching it back up. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. But I've you, done that plenty of times, just on small stuff, just so it doesn't creep. I hate it creeping on me, so I'll just tie it to a fence post or something like that. Perfect. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, stump grinding, that's that's one of those ones that gets a little funny because you're kind of taking the weight off the wheels when you're engaging the the grinder. Yeah, and it moves the machine around. Right. Yep, yep. So if you're going downhill and then it creeps a little, all of a sudden that blade catches the wood and then it shoots forward way more, you know, because it's already going downhill. Uh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. When it that that's with stump grinding. If that wheel catches, man, that gets crazy. <laughs> Talk, talking yeah. about something terrifying rolling downhill. I I can't think of something worse than a stump grinder that still 
stump grinding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a chipper that's still chipping. Yeah. I mean that marginally, but yeah, it's, they're, they're both kind of. They're both bad. <laughs> yeah. Runaway chipper chipping. Safety with with stump grinders. I I I had a, someone that worked at Sperry years ago told a story about um the the last at, outfit they were working at. The guy was stump grinding, and it um, it caught a dog cable, and it pulled the dog into the oh stump no. grinder. Oh, oh, yeah. oh What no. are you doing grinding next to a dog cable? Oh, my. And the dog was there. It was just terrible. And then, then uh, you know, that's just. So be real careful about, about <laughs> yeah. like, dog cables and wow. stuff like that. Around yeah, the yard, right. you know? Back to situational <laughs> awareness. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Understand what's going on. Hey, on there's the a dog tied up over there. Maybe we should yeah. move it. Yeah. yeah. Or I've heard stories about uh, hitting gas lines and then it just, like, a crazy sound like it's a roaring river, but it's, you don't see anything. It's gas escaping. Yeah. Yeah. That's, oh, that's, you know, yeah. I mean, those stump grinders are dangerous. That's yeah. a big problem, too. They are dangerous. Yeah, and going back to the gas lines, uh, when I was a utility locator, they showed us this video of an entire city block. Somebody, I, I think it was a construction project, and they hit the gas line and it ignited, and it just blew up like an entire city block, just yeah, gone. Cratered Like it. a crater. Yeah. yeah. Fucking nuts. And those are just underground. Like just everywhere. Wow. Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Yeah. It's, it's but, totally under control. But call locate. Yeah, call locate. <laughs> 811. It's a free number. Yeah. Call before you dig. Call before you dig. I love that little dog with the <laughs> shovel. <laughs> great branding on their part. The, the problem with the locate I have is when they tell you it's coming right here, it's like, okay, wait, I got to grind the stump anyway, though. It's not like I can say, oh, I'm not grinding the stump. There's a, there's a pipe right close to it. I, just, I guess you can be more careful, but still you're grinding away. Yeah, right. we usually just do surface grinds when it, it's within three feet of the, yeah. the, the line. We'll just grind it down yeah, to the surface. Actually, yeah, that's what I do too. I tell them when the sorry, look, the pipe's right here. I can only go down so far. Yeah. 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 I think utilities are supposed to be supposed to be buried like at least eight feet, and typically you wouldn't even need to grind more than three feet, even to replant. Yeah. yeah. So it, Corey was a locator, weren't you? I was. Yeah. yeah. So, so what? What's the down low on the locate? So um, oh, a, whole different, life. Yeah. a whole yeah. different life. A whole different this, life. This was Who a different me. You? Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about it. Wow. Bradley did a great job. Sorry. Was that a secret? <laughs> it was, no. No. It was. It was without a doubt the worst job that I've ever worked in my entire life, and that's that's a story for a different time. But um, for the gas lines, they're usually like the minimum depth I think is eighteen inches, which is not really very deep. Oh. So that's pretty bad. Uh, I guess I don't know. Same as electrical. I think it's usually like 18 inches is usually their like bare minimum. And when you're in like a newer subdivision, that's probably like they don't give a shit. They're going to throw it 18 inches down because it's easy. Uh, telecom lines, which are awful, can be anywhere from like underneath the bark dust to 60 feet underground. I don't know. They're, yeah, they're just telecom companies are awful. They're just awful. So That's quite a range. Yeah, it's quite a range. No, a telecom company, usually they're really superficial. They're yeah. like literally like maybe an inch under the ground, if that. That's similar to when they tell you they'll be there between 9 a.m. <laughs> yeah. and 6 p.m. Yeah, there's, there's a it's running. It's an overall culture. <laughs> yeah, an overall culture of just shittiness. <laughs> just shittiness. Just kind of Looking like at you, CenturyLink. <laughs> measurements and estimates. Yeah. Like. <laughs> 
But yeah, 18, I think 18 inches is usually the wow. minimum. I, I, for some reason, I had it in my head and I just, I've been told by a number of people that it had to be so deep. And it, so it, I it just, sh- I didn't even fact check them. Yeah. I've, heard, I've heard stories of erosion and different things that making it to sense. where that 18 inches can turn into less too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's not Ooh. the excuse for the telecom companies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Dan, what what are some of your thoughts on building a safety culture? Because I think most of the problems are solved not by, you know, getting on someone's case for an individual incident, but it's kind of getting ahead of it and building an overall culture in a business. What kind of, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, like you said, the culture. I mean, I've said it tons of times. From the top down, from from the bid, or whatever you call it, the person selling the work, how much money they put on so that there's enough, so you have enough time to be able to do it right. You know, you're not, you don't have someone uh, cracking the whip or whatnot and you don't feel that pressure. Yeah. And I think that um, you're not taking those chances. You know, you have time to do it. And then it's the culture, like you say, like the foreman. The foreman kind of sets up uh, yeah, of course, the owner, but the foreman on the job sets that, the uh, rules and makes sure that everybody's not cutting corners to speed things up, or sometimes people cut corners just because they're lazy. You know, having a foreman that's just like, no, this is the way we do it. We always do it this way, and, you know, do it this way or go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. mean, and I like what you were saying about how it starts in the bid. You know, because that's really, you know, people people don't think about that very often. But it's not just putting the money on it, but the bidder kind of sets the tone for what's going to be done. Mm -hmm. You know, and if it's a big dead Lombardi poplar, you know, Mm -hmm. and there's not much space, like don't bid it so the climber has to go way up there. Maybe bid it so that, hey, we can remove this fence and then we can drop bigger pieces right there, you know kind of understanding mm-hmm. what's going to go into the work to make something happen. Or, or feeling comfortable saying that I don't feel uh, comfortable bidding on that. Yeah. It's not safe. Yeah. Walking away is always, always, always an option. Mm-hmm. Or reserving the yeah. right yeah. when you do make, you know, draw up your contract or, or estimate or whatever. That if at any point it feels sketchy that you, you guys reserve the right to... Mm-hmm. Back off and not do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that goes into building the culture of making your crew feel respected. And if your crew feels uh-huh. respected, they're going to be more willing to come to you with a conversation. You know, if you f- if they feel like they respect uh, you respect them, then they're going to be a lot uh-huh. more willing, you know, if they get somewhere and they're like, oh, I'm not sure if I can do this. You want them to be feel a hundred percent comfortable calling you up and being like, "Man, this might be more than I can handle." You don't want them being like, "Oh God, I don't want to, I don't want to call Dan. He's going to be pissed. I'm just going to do it." Right. You know, he's going to be pulling his hair out and kicking things, <laughs> and you know, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The understanding. Yeah. yeah, you seem like that kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What yeah. what else comes to mind when you're thinking about uh, safety in the field or overall safety in the industry, prof- in the profession? Um, 
you know, things are getting, it seems like things are just getting so much, uh, safety conscious. Um, all the time. I mean, there were crews didn't wear hard hats before. And different crews I've worked with have different rules. And most of the companies I've worked with, I've only worked with a handful, um, are pretty good. You would always have hard hats, always chaps or, or chainsaw pants if you run a chainsaw. Some, some companies say steel toe boots. It used to be a thing, steel toe boots all the time. Now it's gone away from that because everyone's got their fancy climbing boots on them. So just don't want to say that so much, but I, sometimes I like to have steel toe boots. Just makes me feel better around wood and stuff. Yeah, we, we have to wear steel toe boots at the city, but um, every time I'm working the, on the private side and I drop like a stub or a branch or something on my on my on the top of my foot, I'm like, oh, man, I kind of wish I had safety toes right now. <laughs> and it doesn't hurt. Like, it doesn't yeah, hurt a lot. Yeah, that's just a small thing, yeah. 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 Job site set up. I like job site set up. I like it, and, you know, first thing you do, cone everything off. To make sure the chipper's in a good spot, make sure it's not letting the drop zone, kind of set things up for success. Yeah. You, do you do a, uh, a pre-job checklist? I don't. I, uh, I go over the job with everyone. We, we have the job order, and we all walk the job. And, but we don't have a safety checklist. Per se, we just kind of talk about stuff. Yeah, um, we should have a, You have a you have a good checklist that you go over. What kind of things are on it? Uh, well, I'm for for my company. I'm still kind of putting together a checklist. It's gone through a few iterations. Jamie will know. He's been on a, jobs where we had like huge checklists. I I got uh, I talked to somebody who's super safety oriented. And I was like, oh, this guy's going to be the guy to get a checklist from. Hey, dude, can you send me your pre-job checklist? And uh, it was literally six pages of, Holy shit. of things to check. And it was like, I can't do this. You know? And he's a line clearance guy. Right. And right. he actually has a job now, like, running safety trainings for big organizations. So he's as, like, dialed oh. in with safety mm. as they come. So, you know, looking back on it, it's not that surprising. But, uh, and so, yeah, we kind of took a few good things off that and then we found a smaller one. Um, you know, so we're kind of dialing it in at the city. Actually, I think Corey, you set it up, didn't you build it? Well, I I mean, I co-opted it from, uh, Dan Kalai, I think he used it in his, uh, in his line clearance company uh, or a a, a version very similar to that. He gave me the original PDF and then we kind of tweaked it to, to fit within our, our, um, our world i guess yeah and it's just a, a fillable pdf you go through and you can check each box and then you just email it out there's no paper copies there's uh you know none of that yeah so it's great on a tablet because you can just check it all there's no paper you hit the send button and then you have that email which is your saved copy yeah you could probably even do it on a, a smartphone yeah it, you just have to zoom in for each individual thing but yeah yeah and it uh it comes in handy because you know, it comes in handy if there was a big, um, you know, a incident that happened. Mm-hmm. And to be able to go yeah. through all the different things when you were talking to OSHA and say, okay, we, you know, we identified this hazard. We identified that hazard. We identified this stuff. And, uh, you know, working with organizations like OSHA, if, you know, even if you didn't get everything on there, just the fact that you're taking the time to try to find these things and get them checked on your list, I think 
kind of get you points in their mind a little bit. Right. Yeah. But yeah, we can, uh, if I remember one, if I don't send it to you, send me a text, but I'll send you a copy of what we have and you can, uh, if you like it, by all means use it. It's pretty thorough. The one that the city uses. Yeah. It's, but I mean, it covers. Thank you so much. I'll implement it. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it's one of those things where it takes an extra few minutes in the morning or when you first get to the job, you know, you kind of, everybody ends up signing it or, you know, putting initials on it or whatever. So it feels, it's one of those things that feels like a little pain in the butt when you first start doing it. Cause it's something new. It kind of breaks up your routine, but, uh, anybody that's listening, it's worth checking it out. All you got to do is Google safety, uh, pre-job checklist and right. you'll, you'll find a template online. Job guaranteed. Briefing. Yeah. And, and honestly, once it becomes a habit, it's really like, I feel weird when we don't do it which, you know, is very, very rare, but it, it does happen every once in a while, and we don't do it. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. I could totally see that. Like, what? We didn't go over, yeah. you know? We we're already starting, and, you know, it's like you get people set, you know? They're, like, mm-hmm. in tune with everything when you do that. And it's a really good opportunity also when to do it when you're assigning jobs, if, it, if there's multiple things that need to be done. we You know, it'll be like, uh, you can go over everything, and then because everybody checks off that they're there it's kind of like okay rob you you know checking off you're here you go get started on that tree jamie you go get started on this thing and you know so you can do that and the other thing we do is when we're doing that we assign duties in case there's an aerial rescue situation so it'll be like all right uh, becca you're going to be the climber if there's a emergency because jamie's climbing so becca have your gear ready Corey, you're going to be the one calling 911. and so it you know it, it's you know, we haven't, thank God, we haven't had to use any of that stuff, but I, I like to think that it helps getting you one step ahead if if you had to uh, deal with a horrible situation yeah, like that. That way you don't have four people calling 911 and, you know, yeah. one person maybe fumbling yeah. around with climbing gear. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's going to be such a stressful situation if it does happen. Anything you can do to, you know, you know, eliminate some of the confusion that happens is golden. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of those critical thinking skills like to just go out the window. So if they have preset roles, exactly. just very digestible yeah. pieces that they can do. They can having, do that. having the address is really important. Yes. Yep. Yeah. 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 Add that to. Yeah. Well, and that's that's part of what you do. You add. You put your address. You know, we have a line where you put your address. You put the time of day. You, you know, you put some of that basic information. You know, and uh, I, I'm not sure if we have the client's name and number on on the one that we have at Happy Little Tree Care. I haven't seen that. I, so. I know the old one we did, the big one, but we've adjusted a few times, and I only work on the weekends. So, it, you know, it's not something I've spent a lot of time with yet. You know, one thing I haven't heard a lot about is, um, like, a, a job safety check for the bidders to do, for the bidders to be relaying information about hazards. Oh, yeah, that would be that would be pretty crucial. Yeah. Well, and that's tricky because it could things could change so much. I almost the one thing that the one hesitation just I haven't thought about it till now, right? So, uh, but is hazards could change between when the biz, bidder is there and when the crew is there, and if the crew started relying on thinking the bidder had already mm-hmm. seen the hazards, mm-hmm. you know, I could see some complacency in that, right? In that. Sp- uh, but it would be a good heads up, like if you missed it, like if for some reason your climber, when he's given the job briefing beforehand, like he missed it, he'd have that to fall back on from the bidder. So it'd be just like a little prompt as well. Yeah, or it might be some of the uh, 
it, you know what could be interesting is if somehow you could have the same sheet that the bidder started and then the field crew continued. Oh, so the bidder yeah, could yeah. fill out yeah. the phone number, That's the client's idea. name, you know, maybe if there was yeah. some, di- you know, direction stuff, that way it could be part of the bid. So when the crew's trying to find the job, it's like, oh, this is a dead end road, so you're going to have to back in or, yeah. you know. Man, that would. Talk to TCIA about that. That would be. Implemented in their accreditation. Yeah. And you, oh. talk, you talk about next level. Yeah. Holy smokes. <laughs> the other thing that's really important that we have experienced a lot after we kind of grew a little bit larger and started r- running three or four or five crews, it is that we, at the end of the day, almost every day, will converge to help crews. The people that get off early go to help the people that are going to be working later. And then that, that kind of transition or that um, integration of crews the people coming aren't necessarily going to have that safety uh, check-in information, and yeah. and there's mm-hmm. kind of a communication um, um, need. You know, you got to you yeah. got to stop. Okay, we got a new crew here. Let's identify the hazards. Let's explain what's going on. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, instead and of just jumping right in, we email it out. That way, if you're going to join a crew that's already going, mm. you can. Uh, they, you know, they can read it before they get on the site. They can look at the email. Yeah, so let's say I'm rolling up to a site that, uh, like, Andrew and one of our other coworkers are working at, right? And he's checked overhead wires. I roll up on site. I'm looking around. I don't see any overhead wires. I tap into them on the, on the Senate communication system, like, hey, I don't see any overhead wires. Where are these at? And they're like, oh, they're right over there. And then, you know, yeah. we're good to go. That, nice. that little prompt just kind of helps. Cool. Yeah, that's cool. But that's also kind of relying on the fact that that crew is going to be checking their email yeah. and, you know, going over. So, you know, a lot of this is is kind of new, at least in my world. I, there might be crews that have been doing this for a long time, you know, but for me, it's kind of new. So it's it's a lot about going back to building habits and building a culture and kind of uh, building these, these uh, systems into your daily operation, I think. Yeah. I think... I think Probably one of the most important things, um, well, when it comes to culture, is to make people feel comfortable um, talking about near misses. You know, we do a weekly safety meeting. Yeah. Uh, you know, documented and and um, basically part of that is the near misses, and we go around the whole circle, and everybody has an opportunity to share near misses from that week. Um, you know, the the second thing is is harder. You know, and that's that's taking ownership and being accountable. You know, if if you have the uh, personality or the traits of um, not taking responsibility and not being accountable for things that you really are responsible for, um, I think that's really dangerous. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, you know, that's a really hard, that was hard for me to realize and to, you know, own up to what, you know, when, when there's been things that have happened in the past, it's like, no, that, that was my fault. You know, like, and, yeah. and, and it's an innately hard thing to just say, "Hey, I screwed up. That's yeah. my fault." Like it's it's not. Yeah, we, we we're not wired to you know just step into that role. It's it's a lot easier to yeah. kind of shift the blame. Definitely, a good exercise for that is just to take responsibility for everything. You you know you just yeah. No matter yeah. if it, if you could pass the blame or not, just you know I mean the. At the very bottom, you could say, well, I was there. I walked there. I mean, he hit yeah. me with something, but why was I, you know, yeah. if I wasn't there, I wouldn't have got hit. So I'm just taking, you know, I'm, 
I'm just responsible, you know, and then you, then you go from there, you know. Yeah, that, that's a great point, Dan, and that's a that's a great way to you know show leadership. Like even if you're not the one at fault, even if you're not like really remotely um, right. as involved, directly involved, if you're just like, hey, you know, I'll own my part of this. Like I screwed up in this way. Yeah, no, it's a no. good exercise to yeah. just have people go around. Well, how did you, you know, how did you know, you weren't even there. Well, okay, well you were part of it because you weren't even there. You didn't, yeah, yeah whatever, you know, <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you know, was that something you could have trained them, someone on better? I, I uh, read a book called yeah. Extreme Ownership. And, I mean, that's basically, it's a leadership book. With and, Jocko. Yeah, with Jocko. Yeah. Uh, Jocko mm. Willink wrote it. I've and heard of that. It's, yeah, uh, it's, that's basically what it is, is, you know, if you're a leader, you're responsible for everything. You, you know, you could have uh -huh. trained them. If they messed up, you could have trained them. Or you could have set a culture within your company that didn't put them in that position. And just everything, uh -huh. it's not even about, like, this part was mine. It's like, nope, it was all mine. You know? And, if and the, it's not a put-down. It's not no. like a shaming. It's an empowering thing, you know? Because if you were responsible, that means you were in power. You're, you, you can change. You can do things. If it's, you're just a victim, then it's like, oh, you know, for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, shucks, the universe got me again. Totally. Yeah. And if, if you don't take that ownership, then you're not likely to try to do something to, to remedy that situation. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to be like, Oh man, that was somebody yeah. else. They, they not need to fix problem. it. Yeah, yeah. But if, yeah. if you take it on yourself, even if it was in a small way, and if everybody's doing that, then everybody's going to uh -huh. be like, okay, what can I do to make sure that doesn't happen again? And if you got a whole crew thinking that way, man, you're dialed in and that's not going to happen again. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. but yeah, it's, yeah. and that gets back to safety is really a culture, you know, yeah. and it, it, it's those building blocks, whether it's situational awareness or it's taking ownership or it, you know, creating a culture, you know, it's these building blocks that you put together and the more building blocks you can put together that complement each other, you're building a better overall uh, culture for your company. That's going to ensure safety, I think. Yeah. Going back to what Rob was saying, too, about taking accountability when there's a mistake of some sort is, like, a lot of what entails, like, a lot of what goes into having that type of accountability is being able to be vulnerable with your team members and your crewmates, which it's interesting because a lot of aspects of our job are, like, you have to be, you are vulnerable in a lot, mm -hmm. like, physically you are. To the people on the ground, if when you're the climber and when you're on the ground, you're vulnerable to the the things that are falling from the fucking tree, yeah. and so sometimes we're, with very low tolerances. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so exceptionally you have low. To, like physically, you have to have some sort of level of of trust and like and accountability and vulnerability with with the people that you're working with. So it's interesting to see how easy that is for so many people in mm -hmm. this profession, but then when it comes to the safety meetings. A lot of folks tend to be kind of quiet, right? Yeah. I mean, not a lot, but there are, you know, there are people that just like they, they're a little bit less willing to, to open up or take accountability or trust in like a more emotional way. Yeah. yeah. Teresa Andrew and my mom uh, had always said, and she has kind of always said this over time, she, she'd say, always remember there's strength and vulnerability. Yeah. And it's kind of an oxymoron, mm -hmm. but. You know, it, the more I think about it, the more it resonates. And it's like, no, there really is. You know, if mm -hmm. if if you have the um, courage 
to be vulnerable, then that gives you strength. Yeah, and I don't yeah. think it's an oxymoron as much as a dichotomy. Yeah, mm. because yeah. because it takes strength to be vulnerable. That makes sense. You know, yeah, it's it's really easy to just you know clam yourself up and I'm I'm invincible. Everything's fine. Nothing's nothing's <laughs> gonna hurt me. Yeah, like that that's a lot easier for your ego, but it's really hard to say you know I can I can screw up. Like it's really easy for me to screw up, and I can really seriously hurt myself or somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of a Saturday Night Live skit where they're like, it takes a big man to cry and it takes an even bigger man to laugh at that man crying. (laughs) 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 It's terrible. Oh, that's a good one. That's hilarious. So, uh... To change the subject a little bit, uh, we talked about it a little bit when we were in Yahats. I think it was when we were having breakfast on the last day, but uh, Hawaiian shirt Fridays. <laughs> we we made it happen today. The Hawaiian shirts came out. Except Brad. Whoa. Yep. So uh, like Hawaiian company shirts. Well. Or just yeah, we're, we're yeah, not we're not our business yeah we're not there we're yet good. we're working on that we're, oh yeah yeah there, there will be there will be a line it, it is a working yeah. process yeah 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 we haven't released tree thinking Hawaiian shirts but we uh, the the just us wearing Hawaiian shirt Hawaiian shirt Friday is now a thing so every Friday we wear Hawaiian shirts to work just you know all day but the idea is wear them to work you know uh, climbing trees with our Hawaiian shirts on. And uh, oh wow, so you guys are all like in Aloha attire while even working, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Hawaiian shirt Friday. Well, Andrew and, and Corey are, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were climbing, we climbed, uh, and a few other people at the city, yeah, okay. they, they had a great, great uh, response, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, guaranteed I'm there's gonna, gonna be. I'm gonna do that that Friday and send you an Instagram picture no, or something. Nice. Oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Just tag Tree Thinking in it. We, we're that I put out a challenge at the beginning of the episode to get the Hawaiian shirts on. You know, anybody listening, put on Hawaiian shirts and uh, tag Tree Thinking in the pictures because we want to <laughs> we want to see the Tree Thinking crew out there in Hawaiian shirt Fridays. <laughs> yeah, we're we're great. Brave. I've got a good one. I, oh, I'll bet you do, man. That that's home court <laughs> advantage for you. <laughs> yeah, I've got a good collection. Yeah. Can you think of anything else well, before we uh, before we let you go that you wanted to check in with us about? Um. Hey. Oh, you guys are like tolerant of bad tree jokes, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, we love that, we love a good bad tree joke. That's what we exclusively oh. deal in: bad tree jokes. <laughs> Okay. Can I lay one on you here? No, okay, without, a doubt, um, without a doubt. Please do. Okay. Uh, um, what is the tree's least favorite month? I don't know what. September. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's great. So that's. That is bringing back the bad tree joke of the week by Dan Krause. This is only only the old school tree thinkers will uh, will remember the bad tree joke of the week, and it has now been revived. 
Okay. I'm always going nice. to refer to September as September from now on. Okay. Yeah. September. <laughs> September. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was great. We're headed no, right into when it. You're quiet. That's when really you're quiet, ask you when you can get there to remove this tree. How about September? <laughs> <laughs> Trees also hate it because it's so hot and dry for so long. <laughs> <laughs> it's like half of the West Coast is on fire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's uh, why are we laughing? <laughs> 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 that's laughing. It's well, because it's sad and true. Yeah, All right. it is. Dan, uh, thank you for coming on again, okay. and thank you for coming out to Yahats. It was an absolute oh. blast getting together. That was oh, yeah. that was such a fun podcast and weekend and everything yeah. that we did. Uh, yeah. We're gonna have to do it again. Yeah, great to see you. Yeah, it was, it was great getting to know you guys out there a bit better. All right. See you guys later. Cool. Oh, I was about to say, have a good one, Dan. Bye, Dan. See you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> see, you. see you, buddy. Bye. Nice. Yeah, Dan's Dan does it again, man. What a legend. September. <laughs> September. <laughs> right on. Well, uh, yeah, Dan is awesome. We love having Dan on. It was so great having him come out to the uh, to the first tree thinking hangout. Which was a blast, and I know it's not a hundred percent safety related, but I don't know if we want. Do we want to tell the story of the uh, the takedown? Uh, I think I would think we should stay on safety. Let's make yeah. them wait. Th- Sorry, guys, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna have to wait. This is uh, stay tuned though. It's <laughs> com- tuned. it's coming up. But uh, yeah, it was right. great. It was great having Dan out at the coast, and uh, you know, hanging out, and that was yeah, just good times all around. But uh, we got we got some more stories to tell about being out at the coast, but I think we're going to save those uh, for a future episode. So stay tuned, and you will hear about the giant hemlock removal that went so smooth that there's no safety topic needed for it. So we're <laughs> gonna we're gonna stick with safety topics. Um, can you guys think of building blocks for you know we were talking a little bit about that with Dan, building blocks that kind of help build a safety culture. I think uh, the weekly safety meetings, for one, yeah, I, uh, we we've started doing that at our job uh, in the past couple of months, and it's really fun. <laughs> 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 you know, we just like meet at a uh, at the local brew pub, which is not that safe, but, <laughs> 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 but it's nice because it kind of you know it feels like a little treat. But then we have a have a nice conversation. There's a topic every week, and. I don't know. Everyone's kind of uh, encouraged to, you know, give some input and tell or tell a story or, you know, um, and it's been helpful. I like that. I like the idea of people drinking beer after work, Mm -hmm. you know, and discussing near misses and stuff, because after a beer, you're probably a little more willing to be to kind of dig in. Yeah. You know, you're you're kind of like, oh, no, I'm with my boss and he's asking me about safety probably kind of fades away because it's just you and your buddy hanging out at a table. Yeah, it feels really, really natural, and and the topics aren't. It's not all just like, be careful when you feed brush through the chipper. It's stuff like, you know, how to relieve tennis elbow, like or prevent it, or you know, like mental health and getting enough sleep and stuff like that. That kind of like helps you not just for work, but like in your day to day life, just to be healthier and safer in general. Yeah, TCIA has a tailgate safety meeting like booked. 
that you can get mm -hmm. and there's a log in the book you know you can hand out little tests to everyone you know so canopy the company i used to work for <coughs> we would do that every i don't remember what day it is it might have been monday mornings or something tuesday mornings something yeah like that but yeah we'd all like go through the chapter or, or each each week one person would be in charge of it so one person would would read the material learn it and kind of like present it to everyone else and then everyone kind of did the test together and you know there's yeah. a cool way to talk about it but that's like a formal easy one to like get but what we're doing is kind of a little more free form and like you know thinking of cool topics like mental health that was such a cool one yeah um our boss went down a little rabbit hole online while he was out doing estimates and found like studies uh they've done on rock climbers about mental health and stuff huh i mean totally transfers over you know similar stuff oh big time yeah, yeah very but interesting it, it was basically the focus was on how how climbing like the actual activity of climbing can help like alleviate some symptoms of depression and anxiety and things like that which i mean it checks all the boxes you know like a little bit of physical activity you get the sense of accomplishment you feel like you're having this experience that so few people get to have you, f you know it's it's and it makes a lot of sense it's yeah. a small study from what i remember but it yeah seemed like that's really cool that people are doing stuff like that yeah so. yeah and i th i think it's not just i mean that's awesome information but i think it goes back to the building blocks and by by creating that culture of like hey we talk about these things you know we're we're going to discuss each other's mental health you know and we're going to do that is adding when something does go sideways you're way more willing to really break down that issue and be honest and have a conversation i'd imagine than if you've never had any kind of safety meeting like that yeah you know it, it's building that relationship is creating a more open uh lines of communication within that company yeah. and it gives us also a platform to be like hey like out of context i wouldn't be like can we get some binoculars so we can right, you know right. but like it came up yep. as like because it was a safety meeting topic and i'm like maybe this would help and now we have binoculars and i just feel so much better knowing that i'm not going to set my line over a nub like i did that one <laughs> 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 we're just looking for like nests and trees and things like that which actually is how it did come up some cool topics and it's just it's nice to to you know like have everyone be present and attentive and like share ideas and kind of yeah. make the whole culture of the company safer and better for for everyone yeah we cool. keep like getting new stuff like we yeah. just got tiny cones like these little like tiny like kids soccer cones you know <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have our work zone set up you know but like sometimes clients come out in the backyard or whatever so we're just gonna oh. like I don't know Cone how many did she get? She got mm. twenty four yeah, tiny, tiny cones. Yeah, twenty four tiny so cones. Gonna, and they're all oh, like awesome. so they're different shades of like orange and yellow. So we're calling it like a safety sunset. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> remember Ryan Moffat talked about the pamphlet "What to Expect When You're Expecting Tree Work." Yeah. Yes, yes. So yeah. Uh, nice. Really. They wrote up uh, facts and FYIs that goes out to the clients when they accept the bid and are scheduling or whatever. It's and I read it. I'm like, this is amazing. This is so cool. It's like, wow, that's cool. Have the car moved. Um, if you want to watch, you know, you can do it from a safe distance. Tiny you know, cars. depending on the job. Yeah, <laughs> just all this, all this stuff. Yeah. No contractors on site. We ran yeah. into that recently. Yeah, yeah. Where I pull up to a job and there's scaffolding all around the house, 
like blocking the the drag um, from this backyard dead birch. There was a giant dumpster in the driveway for whatever was going on at the house. And the, the homeowner was like, you can drag through the garage. She opens the garage, and it's just a mess. <laughs> like, no, no, you do that. And the contractor is questionable. Yeah. Right. You know what right. I mean? We're, so we just walked off that one. We're like, we'll reschedule. Yeah. We'll yeah. See you later. <laughs> that's that's Thanks, a bye. good call. <laughs> yeah. It was like a dead, bir- a pretty dead birch, that's too, that was quite tall. So it was one of those like shrapnel exploding kind yeah. of branch situations. Mm. It would have just been a, it would have been a nightmare. So that's on the list. No yeah. other contractors will. Man, I need to get a copy of that. Yeah. Yeah. I need to, you know, I, I wonder if there's a place we could put these documents because we're talking about all these documents that'd be good. That, you know, we all have access to, and maybe not all of us have them, but it'd be cool if we had a place we could put them where we could all share them. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, Google Drive or something. Yeah. yeah. Can we put a picture of your work or, or your uh, pre-job briefing on Instagram or something? Would you care about that? I, yeah, I don't see I mean, why that'd there's be an no, issue. Like, we'll block out whatever information or whatever. Yeah, totally. But then, like, if we get a website later on, just a link to... Yeah, have these resources. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah, so... Yeah. Stuff to just... Stay tuned for and look into yeah. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's a good thirty percent chance this will happen, guys. <laughs> good things come to those who wait. Exactly. <laughs> but so yeah, I guess all this really cool stuff came out of just, I and mean, we've only been doing it for like two or three months. Yeah. But just every week, we like it's really useful. Now we have all this cool stuff, and everything is a lot safer. Now we have baby cones. We saw. We They're saw. Cones. But a very measurable difference in accidents after we started having our weekly safety meetings and encouraged people to be sharing their stories. And they do. I mean, the the level of trust on the crew is really high, you know, and people aren't judgmental and and poking fun about serious stuff, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and that that 100 percent made a measurable difference in our in our, you know, basically injuries that you have to report to uh, safe yeah well you know and i want i want to bring something up because you were talking about people poking fun at serious stuff and i'm not going to say it never happens but i think that's a fear that i've had in, inside mm-hmm. when i messed up is like oh man what are people going to think you know but when was the last time you saw someone screw up and you're like oh you know i mean if it's someone you know and you've had communication lines with you probably already know, <laughs> yeah. Your face right yeah. Now. <laughs> but you, you know, if you've took the time to have these conversations with them, you already know that person. You yeah. know, if that person's the type of person that's going to be a little, <laughs> you know, that you might not want to hang out under while they're in the tree, <laughs> you know. So, like, just by having that open culture will help that. And it kind of makes me think. Another note I have here is know your craft. A big part of safe, being safe is knowing your craft. And I think having those meetings, you're talking about, you know, sharing stories and information and getting the binoculars or getting these cones. And I know, Rob, you guys do the uh, the tree school. Yeah, yeah. You oh, know, yeah. and I'm sure that boosts safety. Oh, it's huge, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it, it just, it's another opportunity for everybody to come. Pretty much any opportunity that, that everybody comes together we talk about near misses and and share stories about what we can do to improve our safety almost every single time we do, whether it whether it's tree school, whether it's our safety meetings weekly, whether it's our tailgate safety meetings. You know, we're implementing the same thing you were talking about, Jamie, with the safety tests, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. It, it just it's worth it. Yeah, you know, until you're until you're faced with that situation where you're in a 
um, you know, serious accident, you don't realize how important it is. <laughs> Could you explain for people who might not know what the tree school is that you guys put on? Uh, ba basically, it's a different subject. And, you know, people that want to learn about different things can talk to uh, our field crew supervisor, Grits. And he'll he'll put together um, a, a training for everybody in the in the field to, and the bidders come to and and in the past before COVID we would do you know meals and have it be like a whole thing where we would like have the you know the skillet on and be cooking eggs and making burritos or whatever and, and just a really casual environment of learning. Um, people could invite their spouses or friends to come and, and, you know, learn as well. Cause you know, it, it, it was just a really fun event that, that we, we used to do a lot more and now we're bringing it back. But, you know, with COVID we all like split into pods and yeah. we couldn't group up and, and that really threw off a lot of, a lot of the fun stuff we did, but now it's starting to come back and I just hope that the, uh, Delta doesn't. Yeah, I think we all, uh, for our own mental health, yeah. hope that Delta... I need to go climb a tree quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool, because you can, you can make this safety stuff fun. It doesn't have to be a drag. Yeah. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to... So, like, that tailgate safe... Uh, TCIA tailgate safety thing, it's, like, mm -hmm. kind of dry. You know, I mean, it's all the stuff you'd expect. There's great stuff in there, for sure, but you can make it your own. Yeah, but have how do you like, get people to be engaged? Exactly. And actually care about it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I like what you're doing there. That's cool. It's yeah. working. Like I said, the uh, you know our safe reports reflect how um, you know effective it is. Yeah, you know, and that kind of gets to there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it with those safety meetings. Because I think everybody's probably been to a safety meeting where you know you kind of roll your eyes and it's like ah oh, they're kind of lecturing at us mm -hmm. and you know. And how important building that culture where it's something you want to talk about. And I, I actually recorded like a little 10, 15 minute like mini episode that I never released just because I haven't got around to doing it. And maybe I'll release it the same week I released this one just because, you know, that way I don't have to go on a rant about all that stuff now. Bonus episode. Yeah, yeah. bonus episode. Bonus episode. <laughs> we'll yeah. see if I still have it on there. But the summary of it is... You know, there's these organizations like OSHA and ANSI, and they're great organizations, but they're kind of, uh, you know, what the companies, the rules the company is supposed to follow. You know, and so there's a lot of incentive for a company to get on you about these rules, uh, you know, about mm. the OSHA guidelines and stuff. And it's very important for you as a, as a uh, you know, as an employee to follow those rules. You know, I'm not downplaying the importance of these organizations but there's something about safety and i think you know we're keying in on it on you know these kind of get-togethers where we're sharing knowledge and we're we're actually learning we're not being lectured to that is even more important because safety at its key like at its most basic level is making sure you don't get hurt you know and osha is going to find your company you know, and, and you might get fired from your company or you might, you know, you might have consequences as well. But the, like, really you should be worried about safety because you want to make sure you don't get hurt and you want to make sure nobody you're working with gets hurt. You know, yeah, oh, oh, you know, my experience with uh, 
you know, OSHA is they're they're out to help. Yeah. You know, they're not out to get you. They're not it's not an organization that's well, like designed to take advantage of people. It depends on the person you're dealing with. And that's very true. I, because I, I've dealt with yeah. o, uh, people from OSHA that were extremely helpful. I remember oh, I'll I'll tell a little story from the field that's uh, uh OSHA related and safety oriented. We were working over at the hospital over at uh Riverbend and there's all those big firs behind Riverbend, right? And we had a huge crew and we were doing all these, I remember these that. yeah, big <laughs> trees and it was a huge thing operation going on, you know, and uh I was removing this big how tall are those trees you think? Uh, 180 to 200 feet. Yeah, I was removing one of the taller trees in that grove that was dying, and so it had to come out. And it was probably, you know, 20 feet away from uh, the road that the ambulances would come down when they're going to check into the hospital. So they didn't want this dying tree right next to that, right? And so I go up this thing, send the top out, come on down, and there's probably a 40-foot spar, you know, because right to the side of 20 feet to the side of it the, there's the road but the road goes straight for a while probably you know for like 100 feet or something so i bring it down to about 40 feet it, you know massive fir trunk you know a big tree like that get a line set in it and we're we're gonna pull and uh, uh drop it right next to the road kind of side to the road probably 20 feet from it yeah yeah exactly side hill to the road and it's totally a safe situation. There's there's a slight slope, I think, even going down. So it's, the road is uphill a little, just slightly. It's a tiny bit, But, yeah. like, in a way where there's no way it's rolling into the road, you know, if it fells where we're going, and you're just felling, like, a spar. So it's going to go where you want to go so long as you know what you're doing, you know. We got a rope in it. We're pulling it over. And the ambulance road, it kind of, like, right kind of, Right behind the uh, tree, it comes around the corner of the hospital. So you can't see vehicles coming, you know. And this is before centers or anything. And you can't really put a stop sign in front of it. An ambulance uh, coming yeah. into a hospital, right? <laughs> wait, wait. There's tree work going on. Exactly. I know you've got a cardiac arrest victim, but tree work. And so and so, I'm, I just removed the tree. I'm felling the stump. And I'm, I fell this, like, massive 40-foot fur log right next to the road and as i'm on my back cut you know i'm not looking around i'm like focusing on what i'm doing an ambulance comes around the corner and is driving next to that thing as the thing comes over <laughs> horrible optics oh yeah but there's not much you can do right because one i'm running a big saw no one's yelling at me loud enough you know in the moment to stop me and i'm most of the way through the back cut by the time it comes around the corner like you can't just you know you can't get it over and hold the trunk up. You know, it's going. And the ambulance just goes right by as it goes, boom, you know. And it was like, oh, man, that, that, that was crazy. But there was really no danger. You know, if you think about dropping, a like, a straight up and down pole, you know, it's 20. It, you'd have to go. It'd have to be pretty far off to go 20 feet out of the way. Yeah. You yeah, know what I'm it'd saying? It would be significant. But the, the interesting thing about that story is that, Somebody videotaped uh, Andrew doing that yeah. from up in the hospital from like a terrible vantage point where it looked uh, like it was really close. Yeah. Uh, and they sent it to OSHA uh, yeah. and OSHA came to our job site. Exactly. Yeah. And so like, yeah, yeah because they were up, they didn't understand this tree's dying. They right. just saw us removing this tree. Well, you know? it just well, what they did is they sent, they sent a rep out 
and they sat on a bench and watched her operation for like half an hour. It was even longer. He said he was there for like, yeah, an hour and a half, two hours. He hung out for a long time and watched. And I mean, we had like a major operation going. We probably had like six or seven climbers. I took down a tree. Asa took down a tree. You took down a tree. We all, we all took big trees down that day. Yeah. And, uh, and the guy watched us do it. He just went to one of the benches by the job site and just sat there and watched us. Yeah. And, and so, then at the end of the day, you went over. Well, it, it wasn't. Right? Didn't you talk to him? Yeah. he. Well, I didn't go over to him. I, I had noticed him. You know, if you see someone hanging around for like hours watching you, you kind of like key into what's going on. Yeah. There's a lot of people around there because it was the hospital. But uh, he, he goes to one of the guys and is like, who's the boss here? And so they sent him over to me. And... Uh, I was like, hey, how can I help you? You know, and he's like, I just want to tell you, he's like, I'm from OSHA. I'm not going to pull out a badge because the second I pull out a badge, I have to give you a fine for anything I see that's wrong. Uh. He's like, so I'm not going to pull out a badge. He's like, and you have done 99% of everything right. He's like, but I want you to know that we got a video sent to us of, you know, and explain what was going on. I was like, well, it's yeah. It's got to be two tree lengths. Yeah, exactly. But he, he also said, he's like, He's like, I've been thinking about it. There's no way you can close down an ambulance lane. You know, that's illegal. And he's like, if you're cutting there, I don't want you looking around. I want you focused on what you're doing. You know. This was before Senna's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's no communication. And we had a rope in it. So we were ensuring it was going. And he's like, you guys obviously know what you're doing. He's like, I don't want to find you. Just be aware of your surroundings. There's somebody watching you. Huh. You know, so that's a situation with OSHA yeah. where I was like, right on. Yeah. This guy... Was here for the right reason. Stayed mm-hmm. around for a significant amount of time to make sure everything was safe. And he was cool. Yeah, and he yeah. was cool. He determined yeah. everything was safe, and he was like, all right, we're good. We're chill. Yeah, we invited him to come to our shop. We, we yeah. called OSHA and was like, will you guys come out and let us know if we're doing anything wrong? Yeah, oh, we had and a And they were consultation. like, yeah, we'll come out. And they came out, and they, they just walked around and was like, yeah, you should take care of your chemicals here and make sure they're labeled. You should do this or that. And we're like, okay, right on, thanks. Like safety they took audit. off and yeah. and yeah. I mean it you develop a good relationship and then things are better. If you're just defensive and and right. kind of bucking their authority, then yeah, they're probably gonna exercise it. Right. <laughs> and so another story with OSHA is one time I was working in someone's front yard, I was removing this big branch off of a tree. I remove it all the way back in. There's one last cut. That's probably, you know, two foot chunk and it's right coming off probably six feet up on the tree. Right. So I'm still in my climbing harness and I was like getting ready to cut it. But with where the lanyard was and where the time point was, I was like, this is just kind of awkward. And I just brought myself to the ground and standing on the ground, made the cut still tied in. Yes. I was still fully in my climbing gear, still tied in, but I was standing on the ground. I might've still been lanyarded in to be honest. I have no idea. It was just like. I'm, you know, why am I doing this here when I could come go down, you know, six inches or a foot and have two feet on the ground and be stable while I make this cut, make the cut. This person in, it was when the new H2 Hummers had just come out. <laughs> this lady in, I'm not joking, in the H2 Hummer with the like ballerous 20 inch rims on it. 22s. 22, <laughs> yes. <laughs> just like them rap videos. <laughs> Dubs. Uh, yeah, some dubs. Yeah, rolling on dubs. Deuce, deuce. Yeah, for 
for the story, I'll say she dropped the hydraulics down. <laughs> no, there was no hydraulics, but honestly, it was a brand new H2 Hummer when it was the first year they were out. It One of the first ones I saw in real life with big 20-inch or 22 or whatever rims. You're like, oh, shit, it's the FBI. <laughs> was, well, it's the FBI. Yeah, tinted windows. I was like, comes out with a clipboard. Uh-oh. And she's from OSHA. She's like, and she, she says, oh, you didn't have chaps on when you're making that cut. Uh, and she gave me a fine. I was like, but I was well. I was still tied in. I figured it'd be safer to be on the ground. Yep. You you should have went and got chaps. And it's like. Two feet on the ground. Yeah. It, you're touching the ground. And by by the letter of the law, she was right. And it was like, are you serious? Like, she's, she's like, like how, yep. how do you think I got this Hummer? And that was the first thing that went through my mind. Yeah, exactly. Don't argue with the dubs. Those, those are not cheap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but and so most people wow. I accept their bribe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that that's the other side of it, you know. So it's not yeah. that OSHA is good or bad. You never it hey, I worked for a big municipality. You never know who you're gonna run into. Everybody that works at these places are all people mm-hmm. and everybody has good days and bad days, right? And uh and it, it is best to follow the rule. I should have, if I was going to put my feet on the ground, I should have put chaps on. And you better believe in the future when I was in similar situations, that's what I did. That's so well, interesting. I, I feel like, I feel like the, the rules that OSHA make are similar to, like, the speed limit. Yeah, it's like... Mm-hmm. like yeah, you should follow the speed limit. Like, yeah, it's probably a good idea. Yeah. But if your, like, wife is in labor... You should probably break the speed limit. <laughs> yeah. 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 That being said, <laughs> there's a time and a place for everything. That being know? said, if you're going to break those rules, understand that there could be consequences. Oh, yeah. And yeah. You, if there are, you're the one in the wrong. Yeah. Like right. you got pulled over. 100%. For you're going have 30 to be miles an hour. And yeah, exactly. You're like, sorry, officer. My wife is in labor. He's like, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You're, you're going to have to wait here for a little yeah. while while yeah. I get back to my car. Yeah. You, you, s- you sound a little drunk. Let's do a field yeah. sobriety yeah. test here. Yeah. I'm going to need some backup down here. And that's we gotta, how I was born in a car. <laughs> Police this, officer delivered me. This, but oh God. this is interesting. Like what? Um, not necessary to wear chaps or chainsaw pants when you're climbing. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I just wondered that. You know, you have to do it on the ground. Yeah. When you're like nice, stable footing and stuff. And I'm all, I wear chainsaw pants basically every day. I didn't today on our climb. And it feels weird. I feel more vulnerable. Feel naked. Because, oh, I hate it. Well, you are. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) But it's such a weird, like, why, why hasn't that been changed? Yeah. You know? Well, I think it's unrealistic to wear chainsaw pants over a certain temperature. Yeah. Yeah, so that's when when it's super hot like this, and if I'm just pruning, I'll throw on, you know, I won't wear the chainsaw pants, but most most every day I'm wearing. I feel like eighty degrees. Yeah, is like the cloggers. Depends depends on what you're. Yeah, cloggers are different. Cloggers. Yeah, the cloggers are are so damn nice. Yeah, Yeah, they they really are. They're also relatively new, though, so I I think it's a case of like the laws haven't caught up with the current technology. Yeah, because it takes a long time for stuff to kind of catch up you know yeah i think that's i think that's what it is yeah is maybe i mean i i've got some dedicated chainsaw pants people like yourself that that work at sperry and once it gets past 80 you'll see like a certain percentage of people not wear them in and once it's over 90 you'll see the rest of them not wear them yeah, in. yeah. yeah. so i'll look at the calendar i'll be like okay it's just a pruning day <laughs> 
I'll probably be fine not wearing them. But today was like a pruning day, but it was a giant sequoia with gigantic limbs, you know, yeah. and I just chainsawed, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Well, and so that's vulnerable. That, that's, that's, that's a good one. That's a really good yeah. one. That, that's like a very debatable topic. Yeah. Well, and that gets back to what I was saying as far as uh, what what safety about is really about is are you going to get hurt, mm-hmm. right? Because the chainsaw pants is the perfect way to look at that. You know, you feel comfortable working with chainsaw pants to this certain level, and everybody has their own level, whether it's a temperature or whether it's the type of work you're doing or, you know, wherever you draw that line. And you have to understand, you, you well, you have to draw those lines for yourself and then you also have to understand that there's these organization organizations that are going to draw these lines and you're going to have to f- kind of do that dance and find where you're comfortable. And hopefully the company you're working for is comfortable with however you're doing your dance. I've seen some folks on Instagram climbing, wearing chaps. Yeah. And I'm just like, wow. Why? <laughs> yeah, That's, that I mean, it's great. It's safe and everything, but I feel like, is it though? <laughs> yeah, I, I, like I wouldn't do it. I guess I don't know. That 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 seems to me like it cuts down your mobility to a point. Yeah. It cuts down. Oh, and then you're like probably the the loops in the back are getting snagged on on everything. Everything. If like, you if you go to like descend and it gets caught in a stub and all of a sudden you're upside down hanging from your chaps chap the back of your chaps like that's <laughs> yeah that's not, not good safe. man yeah. that's not safe at all. I have seen it though. I thought that was interesting. I I wonder about that. For a long time, I wore them every day, no matter what. But just recently, I've like, if it's a pruning day, it's super hot. Like, I'm going to try not wearing them. But every time I'm in the tree with a saw, I'm like, oh, I wish I had my saw pants on. Mm. Yeah. Even like the extra padding just climbing around a yeah. tree. Yeah. Pushing it with your knees. It's nice to have. Yeah. Man, yeah. I've, been, I've been thinking, I, I need to like, I want to wear elbow pads Hell because yeah. I hurt my freaking elbows all the time. It's yeah. like a very common thing. And then, uh, but I don't want them to be like the full on. I just need it to cover this little part, this nub on my elbow. So, Get some yeah. pasties. That's all I need. <laughs> <laughs> elbow pasties. Sure, yeah. I, that like might tassels. be. That might be a good. No, they'll come off of, with the sweat. Yeah. It, it, I, okay. I run into that with jujitsu and band aids. <laughs> well, uh, jujitsu, you start uh, sweating like crazy, and the band aids just you know anything. Yeah, you, yeah not pasties, but anything with <laughs> yeah. adhesive just starts coming Every off. Time like, I you know, get sweaty, my pasties blow <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, so, yeah, when wrestling people in pasties, <laughs> <laughs> wrestling your tassels. Look, look into mountain biking gear. Really? So like pock, like they're they're not like a hard shell elbow pad like you think of. Yeah. It's the super soft, less flexible, flexible, low profile thing. But if it gets hit, it's solid. It'll protect you. Yeah. Nice. nice. So, so I'd wear, yeah, I wear those for uh, knees, you know. While you're climbing? No, when I when Dude, I was mountain biking and yeah. stuff. But yeah, they make elbow pads. They're and they're soft. Nice. Cool. Yeah, I yeah. might soft I might look for some well, of those. I, I should do that anyways because I'm riding my bike now. Yeah, dude. Like yeah. I'm always shredding yeah. on my bike. So yeah, so. POC, POC. Cool. They're probably like the best. Right on. Thanks, there. Jamie. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. great advice. I've hit my elbow so like my funny bone so <sighs> hard. I'm like, I'm gonna throw up now. Oh man, terrible, and it lasts for like months. I do that with my knee on the on the hitch. Of the truck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where I feel oh, I sick. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. That's yeah. brutal. Might throw up. <laughs> the, the hitch of the truck oh. or the shin. Yeah. The shin. Oh. So I know, I know what you're talking about, Rob, with your elbow. Because both me and Rob have had bursitis. 
where you hit oh, your yeah. elbow hard enough so you get this weird <laughs> lump that grows out of it. Uh, I, I have it still a little bit. You see the lump? Yeah. 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 So you got one going on right now. It's going on right now. It, wow. That's why I'm breaking if it If you up. do it bad enough, <laughs> Put a tassel it, on it'll be like a hot dog coming out of your elbow. I've had the it, hot dogs. Yeah, it is the weirdest freaking thing in the world. It's a called Swellbo. That's the common name. Swellbo, yeah. Grits is right elbow. It's the same as mine. He's got a bursitis thing flaring up, too. Yeah, so the only way to... Dude, you ice it every night. You got to do anti-inflammatories. Well, do, you got to ice it every I night. I do cold you, showers every morning. You got to ice it, man. There's nothing like ice directly on the source. You're, it, you're not going to have to convince me. I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I went down to Bymar to try and get my cold plunge barrel, and they're all out of barrels. So I, I got to... <laughs> I don't really want to do like a trash can. Five hours. Coastal farm. <laughs> trash can. Yeah, what, <laughs> dude, yeah, what about the <laughs> bucket? Yeah, what's wrong with the green bucket? Yeah, what's wrong with the brute? <laughs> they're too small. Oh, they're just gotcha. Yeah, you no, can't the, fit in there. The green bucket, dude. <laughs> they're also too small. I don't they're know. Too I, short. The green bucket's only like that. Yeah. But you gotta Oscar go down the, in it. Oscar the ground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that might be the next uh, shirt, Rob. <laughs> down in his <laughs> ice falling out of it. Uh, Oscar the Rob. <laughs> Bymart sells those, huh? Well, they usually do, but it's it's not in season. Uh, Coastal uh, Farm. No. Yeah. Jerry's no. Bymart. It's funny because Home it's, Depot. No. It's basically a trash can, just like. <laughs> well, I want a wine barrel. Named different. You know, yeah. I, want, I want a sixty-gallon wine barrel. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> All right, so awesome. there's uh, one other aspect of safety that I figured uh, we could get into real quick, and that's showing up for work, you know, showing up prepared to do the job. Yeah. What we do is an extremely, well, on some days it's, you know, it's pretty simple. It's not really rocket appliances, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, of course. But it's <laughs> <laughs> what's a rocket apply? <laughs> Don't encourage him. He'll just he'll just yeah. keep going. I haven't, I haven't heard of one of this before. Yeah, no, you know, nobody like, has. <laughs> it's not rocket appliances. Like it's not. It's not. You don't have to be like super smart to do yeah, it's it. It's not tough. Yeah, yeah exactly. Awesome. I thought you were talking about like the uh, the rocket yacht with like living appliances and like <laughs> what people will be using on the way to Mars. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's not that sophisticated. He's talking about nothing. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm totally confused. <laughs> and that's what he wants. Don't yeah. feed into it. No. No. I'm strong. Yeah. <laughs> you, you need to watch Trailer Park Boys. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. Uh, yeah. Ricky. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but... It, <laughs> it two but birds stoned at once. <laughs> two birds stoned at once. That's what they say, what comes around is all around. Yeah. 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 Water well. under the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Sometimes that's a real thing. <laughs> yeah. times it's but, the, the, you know, the thing is, it, all jokes aside, it's easy to show up to work thinking like, oh, I'm just going to be able to cruise through the day. And it might be a super simple day where your job that day is dragging sticks. You know, it could just be dragging branches all day. And... You know, that might give you a, a false sense of security when you're, you know, oh, I'm going to stay up a little later, not going to get be well rested because you might be dragging brush, but somebody also might be dropping rounds while you're dragging brush. And if your game's not on point, you could really get hurt. Or maybe you're going to be, you know, I thought I was just going to be dragging brush, but the boss said, hey, you're climbing today. 
So your job went from just being the guy dragging brush to climbing up off the ground and being in a serious, seriously dangerous situation if your head's not in the game. Or your climber hurts himself and you have to do an aerial rescue all of a sudden. And yeah. you're doing it off of three hours of sleep. Yeah. yeah. Like that's an uphill fight. And I mean, that's some, I think everybody showed up to work after, uh, you know, staying up a little late or partying with your buddies the night before. It, you know, that's just part of life and I, these things happen. I'm offended. I've never done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me either. Yeah. So, yeah, I know, <laughs> Rob, I know you haven't. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know that there's a lot I can say about that. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, dude, water <laughs> under the fridge. Okay, I'm water totally under accountable. the fridge. <laughs> yeah. Take ownership. But it's something we, we, we touched on yesterday is if you're not in the right headspace, we were talking about mental health, so if you're not in the right headspace, like let people know on the crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe be honest, be like, hey, I was... Yeah, I didn't get sleep. Maybe say it like that. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. I had a little too much or, or it whatever. It can be as subtle as like, ah, I'm just not feeling it yeah, today. Yeah, just not yeah. feeling yeah. it. You know. And, and uh, you know, <laughs> we've all been there before. And so long as that's not a regular thing for you, mm-hmm. I think right. people will understand. Yeah. Yep. You yeah. know, and it goes back to, I mean, this is just another building block to building a culture of safety is you know being willing to have that open communication so when you can be like man i just don't got it today mm-hmm. had a buddy coming to town had one more beer than i probably should have you know i probably should stay on the ground you know and you know make that once every six months once a year you know and and it won't be an issue right that happens every week though that's an issue yeah, yeah. that's an issue mm-hmm. me i've i've definitely worked with guys that uh came in on a regular basis uh in a bad way and lost their job because of it yeah you know so and it's not just partying it's also you know how whatever your situation at home is and there's a death in the family or yeah yeah you know your relationship you know there's problems with there or whatever yeah yeah no yeah i mean that's that's a real deal thing you know and being able to have that line of communication like you were saying uh make it, that's a mental health game and that's in the mental health thing is really interesting and that's one of those things that in the past kind of that the old school way of doing tree care was just buck up and get it done yeah. and more and more we're realizing the value that you know buck up isn't really a thing Mm-mm. you know i mean it can be and there's i think we've all had times where we've just bucked up and got it done but it's it's one of those things where you're going to have a false sense of security by bucking up and just getting it done because the odds of something going wrong when you're bucking up and getting it done go way up. Yeah. And and there's a time and a place for bucking up and getting it done. You know, that's, it can happen every once in a while, but if that's your go-to for every situation, like you're probably not very healthy. Yeah, they're against you. Yeah. 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 And okay. So one, I'm just making a realization. We should have called Craig to see if he wanted to come on this show. Well, we'll mm-hmm. have Let's other safety well, yeah. conversations. We should do a mental sure. health episode. I think it could be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the reason I brought up Craig is because he was talking about the yellow flags that build up to red flags. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think this all adds up. And that's where kind of some of that mental health, you know, you might see someone on your crew that's distracted. Maybe their head's not in the game. Maybe they just had a death in their family. Mm-hmm. And it's important <laughs> to be able to recognize those yellow flags and, and for them. Because a lot of times when your head's not in the game, when you're having problems mentally, you might not realize you're having those problems mentally 
And that's when, you know, if you get to that point, that's when you're relying on your crew to hang in there for you. And, and, you know, and it might not be like, Hey dude, are you okay? Are you even good being here? But maybe instead it's like, well, maybe we should find something for him to do where he's not. Maybe today's a good day for him to be hauling brush. And uh, Corey, how about you just keep an eye on him today? Do you, hey, bro, do you remember uh, Jim from, he was a rep from uh, Safe Corporation, our workers' compensation uh, yeah. providers. Um, do you remember him talking about the marbles? The, uh, you know, he, he, he was like, just look at accidents like a big jar holding a bunch of marbles and you've got the green marbles and the red marbles and you know the red marbles represent accidents and green marbles represent a great day and uh um you know there's only maybe a couple of red marbles in this big you know jar that has hundreds and hundreds and maybe a thousand marbles in it but there's only a couple of red ones and they're all pretty much green Basically, what what you're doing when you're taking chances or when you're not eliminating things that can be potential risks is it's like you're just blindfolded and you're pulling marbles out of the jar. And eventually you're going to grab one of those red ones. Yeah. You know, and that's just the way it works. That's just the way that it works. A hundred percent. And so you got to pull those red ones out of the jar, get them out, make it to where all you got is the green marbles in there. So every day that you work, it's going to be you know, safe and everybody's going to go home in good condition, mm. you know? So it just, I don't know, something that I always remembered. I was like, we got to get those red marbles out of the jar, man. That's a way to put it. I like that. But, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, to be honest, now that you said it, I remember it like it was yesterday, but that was just one of those things I haven't thought about in a thousand years. It was 15 and, years ago. <laughs> yeah. But I love it. I mean, it, I think that's extremely relevant to uh to what we do into this conversation yeah it's our job to get the red marbles out of the jar before you pull them out blindfolded while you're while you can see Mm -hmm. you know yeah awesome yeah that's good well said yeah (laughs) as far as showing up for work is kind of what we're talking about Yeah, yeah yeah and we just touched on this yesterday at the safety meeting and it's probably different for most people but i have like a morning routine to just get me in the space. And if I like mm-hmm. sleep in, say I stayed up a little later, whatever, and I don't like do that full routine, that's my little bit of off days. Yep. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Totally. Like Rob's is sitting in the trash can full of ice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not far from the truth. <laughs> but yeah, I make my breakfast, lunch, coffee. Stretching is a big one for me. Nice. It's kind of like how you like center yourself before. Yeah. And I'll hang out and do a few other things, but I wake up way earlier than I need to to mm-hmm. kind of do those things. As do I. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. I got my routine. It takes like an hour and a half yeah. for me to get out of the door. Yeah. You know, but some people I know, I've, I've known people who just can roll out of bed, throw on their boots and get to work. And I'm like, that's not me. <laughs> I, that, do that. I used to do that. Yeah. yeah that yeah, was you know, me a I long time to. ago, but yeah. Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> now I got a whole routine and I love it. Well, and it's funny. <laughs> we were, I was talking to uh, Mason, a guy that we're working with, a uh, seasonal worker, and he was saying he wakes up like, you know, 20 minutes before he's got to be at work and he just throws his clothes on and shows up. How old is he? Uh, what, like 22, maybe 21, 22. Yeah. 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 And, and I, it's funny cause I was thinking back to when I was his age and I was like, 
Yeah, I remember those days. <laughs> but the idea of it now for me is terrifying. Is oh, horrifying. Wow. Like if I don't sit down and have my coffee, and you know, it do- maybe a couple times a year. Yeah, 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 yeah. right, right. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's a horrible when, panic we'll when that, that happens. Maybe yeah. when we have a cowboy camp out. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool. <laughs> but but now, and it's not always the same thing for me. But it's just having that time to address whatever I need to address. Yeah. You know, some days I'll sit and I'll type at the computer. Sometimes I'll be sending emails out or sometimes I'll be reading information for the podcast. Or sometimes, like you say, if I was sore from the day before, I'll just, you know, spend time stretching or, you know, but it's just having that time. And honestly, sometimes I wake up and if I'm really tired, I'll wake up and I'll have coffee. And if I'm just dragging, I'll just lay back down. Ooh, and that's dangerous. That well, I, I set I set a timer, yeah. you know. So I, I, but like, you know, there's times where oh. if you if I stayed up late, I'm, you know, I'll I'll be like, oh gosh, I just, you know, I'm falling asleep sitting here typing at this computer, and I'll be like, I I need just a wink, you know, and I'll just go and lay on the couch. I'll go cuddle up next to Rue on the couch and just, you know, let myself get an extra fifteen twenty minutes. Nice. But uh, it's about, I think, setting that time so you can just get your day going in whatever way you need to get your day going. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't start doing that until I started doing tree work because I was definitely, like, I've always had, like, physical jobs for the most part. And it, I was always just, yeah, roll out of bed, throw your shit on, <laughs> get out the door. Yeah. Um, but once I started tree work, I realized, oh, man, this is – Physically hard and mentally hard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just draining. And how you have to take care of yourself. Yeah, I slowed down on my partying like 100%. And those two are so tied together, the physical and the mental. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're physically exhausted, you need to give your mental time to rest also. And if you're mentally exhausted, you got to give your body time to rest to let that physical rest as well. And yeah, that that is a great point. One more thing I had to say about showing up is, like, you can do all these things in the morning and, like, set yourself up as best as you can to just, like, crush it that day. But um, also make sure that all of your gear and equipment is ready to go, too. Yeah. You know, because it sucks to show up and, like, the chipper's almost out of gas or (laughs) none of the saws are sharp, which is definitely not what happened today. (laughs) Today, yeah. (laughs) Truck was empty and it was a no-cleanup job, so I the the gas and oil stored on the chipper, but I just unhooked it and just took off and we got there. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, we don't have and gas for the like, chipper. <laughs> yeah. oh, no. It was like a 35 minutes away from the yard. Yeah, and it was a time it. crunch yeah. kind of job where we had to be done by 10 a.m. for our saw shut off kind of deal. And yeah. It so we're just, just a little bit of stress right in the morning. Dumping all of the gas the and bar oil yeah. from, we got her done. Yeah. from one saw into the... Oh, yeah. yeah. It was a whole... Th- and none of them were sharp and it was just like a whole thing. Oh, but man, so which makes terrible fuel economy. Right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> running running a dull chain is not very efficient. Oh man. And yeah. and just so having to spend that time too which was precious. So like, you know, we all got up, we we went to bed early last night, we had our coffee, we were there like but all this stuff just wasn't re- like we were ready but the shit wasn't ready to go. So it kind of yeah. threw us all off. So making sure that not just you yourself physically and mentally is like at least ninety percent <laughs> ready to tango, but making sure your your shit's good to go too, so you're not uh, yeah. thrown off. 
Yeah, and that's Stressed that's out. hard because there's like a rhythm to a day. Yeah. And when that rhythm's going, I think that's when you got all your building blocks of efficiency and safety are all together and you got that rhythm going, your gear's ready to go and your trucks are gassed up and you've got the good safety pre-job plan so everybody knows exactly what they're doing and it's running like a machine. But you remove one block, well, those other blocks can still support that wall that, wall that you made. You remove another block... Well, this part might be a little shaky, but you still got a wall. You start pulling those blocks out, your the integrity of that wall is, is starting to go down. Everybody shows up hungover. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then you just got a pile of broken blocks. <laughs> they didn't stack a single block on top of any other blocks. Yeah, but I don't know. I I think that goes over most of my uh, most of my topics here. One one thing that we've I've realized, and we're gonna. We're going to start doing live shows that are just random episodes. But one thing I've noticed is we, I always think of stuff afterwards that I wish we had talked about. And so hopefully with those random shows, we can kind of revisit the episodes we've just talked to and kind of, you know, oh, I forgot this. So if you guys think of stuff you forgot about, write it down and we'll, we'll get it back to it. And uh, if you're listening, hopefully if you have something, one, send us an email and we'll bring it up at the live show and we'll talk about it because this isn't just about the five of us. The five of us have, you know, quite a bit of knowledge, but compared to everybody listening, we have a very small amount of knowledge. And so I want to hear your guys's perspectives, bring your knowledge, send us emails, and then we can add that to the random shows and we can kind of build on this and get that knowledge out there because really this podcast is about sharing that knowledge uh, with everybody and about us learning. And for us to learn, we need the input from you guys. And if we get good input, we're definitely going to put it out there. Um, I think we've covered what I got down here pretty well, and we're getting pretty close to two hours. So uh, let's go into final thoughts, Rob. What do you got for final thoughts? Well, there there was one story that I was wanting to uh, share that just it just didn't come up. So I, I guess I'll just share that. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were we were doing some fur removals the other day, and um, it it was pretty cool. the The driveway for the house had like a, uh, a small embankment next to it, and it was on a slope. There was no skid steer access, um, and we negative rigged all the wood out, so there was just like pretty big chunks of wood that ranged between like 500 and 2,000 pounds. And they were all stacked below right next to the driveway. And we were like, oh, God, this is going to be terrible hauling this wood up. But we had our bucket truck, and we there's that attachment point on the lower boom that you can use as a material handler or lift. Mm-hmm. And so we used that for the first time. And it was amazing. It was It was awesome. We got the adjustable chains. Uh, you know, to be able to have a nice static uh, lift and and it saved the day. Nice. So so nice. that uh, oh, it was amazing. It it got you know probably twelve or fourteen large chunks of wood out in like forty five minutes. Whereas if we had to haul it out and cut it into quarters, it would have been a full day at work for like three people. Yeah, right. Backbreaker <laughs> for yeah. sure. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I was gonna say. That's super relevant for the safety topic. Is yeah. understanding your equipment. That's see, yeah. look, I already found yeah. something right. that we could have gone deeper in. Nice. Understanding your equipment and the cool. capacity of it, because you could, you know, oh, it was, it was quicker. Yeah. It so was people aren't getting as tired and whatnot, yeah. and people aren't breaking their backs moving this wood. You're using this 
like super powerful hydraulic that you got on the job yeah. already. And you don't, mm-hmm. you know, I just don't think of a bucket truck as being a crane. Right. But it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In, a, in a very limited capacity. In but a very that, limited capacity. But that is like exactly what you would use yeah. that for. It yeah. was perfect scenario. And it was just like, I, I don't remember if it was Ryan or I think Ryan Moffat was like, let's use the lift boom, you know? And mm-hmm. yeah. Wham, bam. It worked wham, so great. We, yeah. That's a, that's a. So idea, right? And that's awesome. <laughs> and we've used the our bucket in the same way. But the for, this is a safety episode, so I'm going to also throw this out there. Make sure you understand what your equipment is capable of. Yeah. And I'm sure you guys did. Oh, yeah, we mm-hmm. looked it up. It's a 1,000-pound capacity. But yep. I'm saying this yeah. for anybody that's listening. Make sure, you, you know, sometimes you can use equipment to get something done, but it might not be quite what that equipment was designed yep. for. So make sure you understand the capacities and the parameters set by the manufacturers on your equipment when you're using it so you're not overusing especially life safety stuff. And and once again, props out to Logweight Pro. Yeah. They yeah. help. It's clutch for doing so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this episode was sponsored by Logweight Pro. <laughs> not really, but Logweight Pro if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll throw in some free adverts for you. Yeah. 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 So I mean, so I didn't, I didn't mean to have like a too long of a final thought, but no, no. Oh, hey, no. this is your time. I, I was just thinking yeah. about it. It was that, super you know? relevant, no, that's a, dude. That's a great. Yeah, one. it's whatever whatever <laughs> comes to mind for that thought. Mm-hmm. Right on. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Jamie, what great, you got? Great story, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime, Jamie. Anytime. Um, I want to, it was something we didn't touch on, but you have talked about it previously where everyone on the job has the the authority to be like, <laughs> yeah. hey. And responsibility. Is, is and responsibility. Yeah. Be like, hey, let's rethink what's going on here. Let's yeah. halt operations and talk this over because something you know, something doesn't feel right, look right, whatever it is. I think that's huge. And then we also talked, touched a little bit on, I think Becca was talking about it, putting it in the contract or the estimate or whatever that say it's a hazard tree. And we just had this happen to us where we'll do it. But if it, if it becomes unsafe, we're we're not, we're not going to proceed, you know, we'll kind of walk off this one. We just did this. Mm hmm. Oh, big yeah. leaf maple that had a big failure, and I think Sperry actually cleaned up the big failure. Mm. I, don't, I don't know when it was, um, but a huge hollow in the trunk, just decay all throughout the thing. I was able to figure out a way to do it, do it safely. But in that thing, it was you know if if you can't do it safely, like we're not going to do it at all. And yeah. we've had a couple jobs like those. It was written in the estimate. Yeah, and the client was like fully aware that. We yeah. Reserve the right to back. We would have to like get a lift in there or something and do it a different way, but not real, not being, uh, being humble, I guess, and and realizing you can't do something or need to do it a different way or something, I think is huge. Yeah. Oh, I concur 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That's my, that's my final thought. Yeah. (laughs) That's a solid one. Yeah, for sure. Good story, Jamie. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've said it before and I'll say it again and again and again. It's really important to make sure that you're breathing Mm. and you're breathing properly. And like if you're in a situation where you're stressed or you're having a day where you're just not feeling it or you're something's sketching you out or you're scared or something's just really hard, just breathe. Just take some, just take a minute. Nice. Zoom out. 
take some good old fashioned in and out nostril breaths and like unclench your jaw, get a drink of water, take care of yourself. It's really important. And it's not just you and your safety. It's everyone on the crew. It's everyone in the vicinity. And it's the tree too, that you're, you're working yeah. with a living being. And you know, if, if you're, <coughs> if you're stressed out or you're not, breathing properly then everyone is uh just a little bit more at risk of being um put in a situation that's not ideal so yeah and i'm probably going to say that like five more times because i think it's super important and um it's it is so important i i'm actually reading a book called breathe right now well i'm not reading it i'm listening to an audio book called breathe right now and it is opening my mind to the power of breathing and uh, like the power, the medicinal power of breathing. And so if you find yourself in trees kind of, you know, in that spot, like you're talking about, Becca. Yeah. This book is, oh, my goodness. It's changing I, the way I'm, I'm thinking about breathing. And I also just saw a book by Hicks and Gracie, a jujitsu guy who is literally maybe the best per- jujitsu part. Uh, person in the world mm-hmm. well not anymore he's he's older now but uh and it's all breathe and because that's what he talks about in these moments of extreme combat how controlling your breath might be is like one of the most important things you know and yeah. so yeah hearing that just freaking rang a bell in my head yeah i i have read like four chapters of that book that breathe book and um and actually my boss lent it to me he's really a big advocate for like oh. the, what i'm talking about basically and i've nice. Yeah, I've he noticed. just loaned me yesterday Breathing for Warriors. Yeah. I haven't got into it yet. Right. Nice. But it's really, I at first I'm like, this is super woo. Like, whatever, dude. This is weird. <laughs> I wasn't like that. But <laughs> it just seemed a little like, I don't know. Yeah. It seemed woo. It's like weird to have like big burly tree guys being like, have you meditated though? You know, but it's really important. Mm-hmm. So, it, if you don't mind me hijacking your final thoughts for a second, I got a story. Go we were we t- we took a, another city councilor climbing. We didn't even. I should have told this at the stories from the field, but and so everybody was in the trees climbing, you know. And I was I was feeling a little off that day, and so I was like, "Hey, you guys climb. I'll just hang out on the. You know, you always have someone on the ground to watch the base, make sure no one's messing with the ropes, or just, you know, if someone comes walking under, be like, "Hey, you guys don't want to be under there, you know." So I'm sitting at the base of the trees on this cooler. And in my ear is that breathe book. And so I'm listening to it. And so I'm starting to do these breathing exercises as he's describing them. And I'm like starting to get lightheaded because I'm breathing so hard and like getting so into it that I'm like, whoa. whoa." (laughs) And I'm just, uh, you know, imagining the city councilor or one of my bosses looking down from the tree at me and just like finding me passed out on the ground <laughs> next to the cooler. <laughs> like, no, I, I swear I was hyperventilating. I was listening to this book. And <laughs> ur- urban forestry lost all their funding. This week. <laughs> yeah. there, there's a, and oh, sorry, no. but the, there's a awesome, awesome. I just love to give a shout out to the Wim Hof. Oh, oh right. right. Big Wim time. Hof is Big man. I, I do yeah. it every day, yeah. every day. And, uh, and I've seen a noticeable improvement in my, um, just ability to um, function. I mean, it. it mm. I don't know. It gives a new sense of confidence. It's wonderful. I love breath work. So cool. I love your final thoughts. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad that it's not like. Everyone no. make sure that they're hydrated. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, hippie. <laughs> <laughs> sounds a little woo over there, uh, Snowdale. <laughs> sorry. It's important. Damn yeah, it. That's great. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. That is great. 
What about you? Well, I know uh, I'm going to end my final thoughts on a bit of a downer because I know Andrew is the eternal optimist, so he'll bring us back up a little bit. But, <laughs> um, you know, safety's it's such a cliche. You know, safety should be number one. You know, we talk about safety. We, we put it at the forefront. Um, I recently had a, an ex-classmate who um, was climbing Mount Jefferson, and he fell to his death, and they're not going to find his body. I mean, it's it's pretty crucial. You got to... If, I, I don't know exactly the situation. I don't know what happened, but I mean, you think about these things and you, you, I'm just seeing the impacts, like I've just been watching it on Facebook, but seeing the impacts of all his family, all his, uh, his aunts and everything, just like, it's, it's heartbreaking. So, you know, just, just keeping really dialed in and making sure that doesn't happen to you. Even if it's just like a simple little mistake, if you just can, uh, yeah. you know, not make that little mistake. If not do it for yourself, do it for your family and the people you care about. Exactly. They care about you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's. It's such a cliche, but it's so crucial to what we do. Yeah. I I don't want to – I we there's no point in me being an os- optimist with that because that is what it's about, right, is going home to your family because we all affect so many people. You know, that that is an important message. Yeah. Um, sorry, Corey. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, for my final thoughts, uh, you know, so much of what the whole goal of this podcast is, is sharing knowledge and kind of building community so we can, uh, educate each other. And so we can be, you know, so we can get that education and it, there's maybe no more place where it's more important than with safety. You know, uh, we love our jobs. We do what we do because we love our jobs. But the only reason, the only way these jobs work is if we all go home at night and we're all safe and we we take care of each other, we look out for each other. Um, And so it is, is, you know, the most important episode in some ways that we've done. You know, it's whether it's sharing knowledge or whether it's kind of finding your space where you're comfortable with and then also understanding where OSHA is and where your employer is and kind of really not looking at safety as a meeting you have to go to, although it might be that. I mean, heck, I'm on a safety committee for public works, which means once a month I have to talk to people from all over public works about safety. And trust me, it can it can be extremely frustrating from my position as a person who under, like who where danger is built into what we do and you have to learn how to work around that, you know, and what I'm learning is we all have different accept, you know, uh, ideas of what's acceptable for safety, but it really all boils down to you got to go home safe. You know, you don't, you don't want to be mentioned on some Facebook thread because you made a mistake and you paid the ultimate price, you know? So you gotta, you gotta understand that dance of, you know, what's safe, you know, there's production, there's a lot of things involved, but you got to make sure you go home um, and one thing I'm also realizing is we need to do another episode on safety at some point because there is so much here. It's not just one episode we need to do. Like you were saying, Jamie, we need to break it down. So we're doing a mental health episode. You know, I think we can really, uh, get into this quite a bit more. Um, and with that, I'll say stay safe and watch out for them silky bites. <laughs> Stay safe and stay safe.